Blog Talk Radio. Tonight's edition of Kane Sport Live is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. If you know who's going to win the game, it's time to put your money where your mouth is at MyBookie.ag. As a loyal listener of Kane Sport Live, MyBookie will match your first deposit with a 100% bonus. Just use the promo code Canes to activate the offer. Expert or rookie, you got to check out MyBookie. Sign up today. Wolfpack and their rivalry game to try to get themselves into the championship game. Tires pass near the 30. Caught. This is Richards. Mission of the game for Miami.
Walton. Walton breaks through. Walton going to the end zone for Miami. And now Mark Walton has three rushing touchdowns on the day. His third is the stealer for the U on the road. And a big win for the Hurricanes. And that is why 
I'll go out on the limb right now and predict that he'll be back. Um, I've spoken to sources close to the family. They have not made a decision yet. They have not even gone uh, as far, obviously, as requesting um, a status report from the NFL. That will happen after Saturday's game against Duke. And along with you know all the guys that are draft eligible, I think Brad Kaya will request to know where he stands in the eyes of the NFL right now. Um, and then a decision will be made probably, you know, over the next several weeks. But really, I don't see where Brad Kaya has any real options here. I think he's got to work on his game in the offseason. He's got to try to improve his footwork. He's got to try to improve his field vision. Uh, spend a lot of time with Mark Rick reviewing film of this year, looking for ways to get better. And with the Hurricane team that's coming back next fall, it's not out of the question that Brad Kaya can emerge next year as a Heisman candidate if everything can come together for the Hurricanes. And part of that will obviously be improving the offensive line and also figuring out who's going to play in the secondary and having that come together. Every other area of the team figures to be rock solid, in my opinion, and I'm sure you guys would agree with that. And uh, so it makes perfect sense for Kaya to come back, be a better quarterback next year. It's The onus is on Mark Richt and Stacey Searles to find a way to upgrade the performance of that offensive line, which unquestionably was a major contributor to any struggles that Kaya had this year. And get the team positioned for a good season next year that would allow Kaya to showcase himself and improve his draft stock. And I think that can happen. So we'll see. But right now, if I had to make a prediction, it would be that Kaya will be back as Miami's starting quarterback to start the season next fall. So why doesn't Kaya look to run more was the next question that came in. And what we would say is, that's never been his game. I mean, when has running the ball ever been Brad Kaya's game ever? Probably going all the way back to Pee Wee League. Um, so that's not his first instinct now. But I think we've seen him do it a few times in the last couple weeks, which means it's something that they're working on in practice. And it's something that Mark Richt has made him aware um, can be an asset to his game uh, and, and have the capability of taking off, even if it's for five yards, ten yards, um, just having that threat in the offense is a positive thing for the Hurricanes. So we've seen it a couple times now. Obviously, no reason to not expect to see it more in the future. How does home game attendance this year compare to the past? Has there been a tangible change? The product on the field is only marginally better. Yeah, that's fair. I would say the product on the field is only marginally better. But the number of people in the seats has not been marginally better. I think it's been drastically better. You can't go by the attendance numbers because those are never real. Those are always based on tickets sold, and you know, really they can come up with any number for that. I think you've got to use the, the look test to address this question. And to my eye, the look test gets passed by the Hurricanes and their marketing staff and their ticket office and everybody else that had a role in selling tickets this season because the stadium has looked markedly better the entire year. And, you know, obviously with a four-game losing streak, you're going to lose some momentum in that regard. 
But I have found it to be way better than it's been in the past, and the Miami Athletic Department deserves a ton of credit for making that happen. What's the update on the indoor practice facility? When will they break ground? When will it be completed? Here's what I got for you. Right now, the target to breaking ground is the summer of 2017. And I would say early in the summer, probably June, maybe even May if they can get there, of 2017. Because the construction timetable is going to be 12 months. And if they can get it off the ground by June, which I think they will, that would allow them to have the indoor practice facility ready for training camp of the 2018 season. And that's the plan that's in place right now. And unless they meet up with some delays, uh, that's the plan that will get executed. They're in the final stages of fundraising. I'm told that they have about $28 million of the $34 million that they'll need. So they're right on schedule to get the full thing fundraised before they go on the ground, which Blake James has said is a must. Uh, so things moving right along in that regard. Um, there's about a six-month phase of pre-construction where they got to get all their permits in place and, 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 and those kind of things. There's probably a lot of underground work that will have to be done on the site, things like that. But the, look for the official groundbreaking early in the summertime for that indoor practice facility. How has this winning streak affected recruiting? We've not seen major shifts among the megastar guys coming Miami's way. Will there be a shift after the bowl game announced? Will it go positively for the U? Well, I don't think the winning streak has affected recruiting very much at all yet. I I mean, you're talking about a three-game win streak over the last, what, 16 days in a 12-game season. So, you know, you're not necessarily going to see that immediate bounce as a result of a three-game win streak in a 12-game season. But without question, finishing on an upbeat note at 8-4, and four, going to a quality bowl game against a good opponent that people will care about would be a very significant thing for recruiting. And if that game could be in the state of Florida... Orlando or Jacksonville, to be exact, which would, without a doubt, be a possibility for an 8-4 and four Miami team, that would be even better because then there would be more focus on the game in the state of Florida where Miami does most of its recruiting. Either way, you're going to have a few weeks of bowl practices that you're going to have recruits out to every day because they're not, you know, they won't be locked up in school as much. Um, although I know schools are getting out a little bit later this year um, because of the way the Christmas holidays fall. But either way, a bunch of recruits are going to be able to get out to practice and watch them, pl- and, and, and then for the game to also be in Florida would be huge. So this is a big game Saturday. Any way you, you, you shape it, uh, there is a big difference between 8-4 and four and 7-5 and five at this point, and um, you just got to hope that that Hurricane team has the same feeling – of how much there is to play for, as maybe some of you guys out here have. I think they will. They've been showing up all year. I don't see any reason why on senior day, on Saturday, they won't show up as well. And these coaches are all over it. And uh, 
there there was a lot of coaching going on, so to speak, on the practice field today. Any at any sign that the team didn't have 100% total mental focus on this Duke game on Saturday. Moving on to more questions. Can Nicozy Perry, the freshman recruit who will be part of this next recruiting class, I think he actually committed for the third time this week on Twitter. Pretty funny. Anyway, can Nicozy Perry beat out Jack Allison in 2018? I don't think there's any question about it. This is just my opinion based on what I've seen, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with Jack Allison. I think Nicozy Perry is a future superstar at Miami. I think his ability to run and throw brings him more in line with the winning styles of offense in today's college football. And I think he's very much in the mold of like a Deshaun Watson, who's been meant so much to Clemson the past several years. And I personally think Nicozy Perry is going to be a star at Miami. Now we'll see how it plays out. You know, Jack Allison's going to have a head start on him. Um, from working all year this year, but we'll see. I mean, I, I just, you know, I've been very impressed with what I've seen both live and on film of Nicozy Perry. How solid are the commitments that Miami has now, particularly on the offensive line and defensive back positions? All right, well, let me pull up my my recruit list here. Let's start with the, some conversation about the offensive line. Navon Donaldson, obviously one of the big keys to the recruiting class, continues to say the right things. Miami's solid, but he is visiting Florida. He is visiting Florida State. He is visiting, he's visiting North Carolina. And I still believe that this is one you got to hold your breath on until he actually shows up on campus because these other schools are, are pulling out all the stops. I don't think I need to elaborate much further beyond that. Those of you who have followed recruiting all through your lives, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, this, this one's going to be, uh, this one's going to be tough. It, it, you know, I, if, I, if I had to make a bet today, it would be that Navon Donaldson sticks and comes to Miami. But, the way it was described to me by somebody who's very knowledgeable about the situation was that if he sees anything at Miami that he doesn't like, it could very easily tilt him away f- from the hurricane. So, you know, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm saying you got, you got to really hold your breath. Right now things look good, um, but I've never felt that this was guaranteed. I've always felt that right up until the time he signs that you had to hold your breath on Navon Donaldson. I think Zach Dykstra, um, you know, is still solid in the class. There have been some rumors that Miami might be dropping him, but not confirmed at this time. So right now, Zach Dykstra is still committed to the Hurricanes. And Zelante Hillary, who's from Brunswick, Georgia, plays with DJ Dallas, I think he's a very solid commit as well. So... You know, the question is, where else do the Hurricanes go to find offensive linemen? Um, They are still involved with um, Tariq Bateman out of Alabama. Um, There's a kid in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, by the name of Adrian Ely, 
who's trying to set up a visit for this weekend. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, we are not sure how high up on Miami's board that he is in relation to some of these other guys they're recruiting. But his dad did tell us this week that he is trying to set up a visit to Miami for this weekend. So we'll see how that goes. Hurricanes continue to recruit the kids at Plantation American Heritage, Kylie on Herbert um, and Daryl Slayton. Uh, no, nothing new there, but those two guys obviously are big priorities. Um, Kadeem Telfort is always sitting over there at Booker T. Um, I, just, you know, it still looks like he's going to Florida, and, I, and it, it does seem to us like Miami's moved on a little bit from there. Um, Alex Leatherwood, we still think, is a long shot. The commitment to Alabama. Um, there's a kid out of Missoula, Ohio, by the name of Thayer Munford, who got an offer earlier this week. We're not sure yet if he's going to consider the Canes. Um, so, you know, there, there could be a JUCO that pops into the picture here in the next few weeks. You know, we're not sure. But that's where that offensive line situation sits right now. And the other question was about defensive backs. We think Trey John Bandy at corner is a solid commit. We think Amari Carter at safety is a solid commit. We think DJ Dallas is a solid commit. And we think Billy Gibson, the safety for Miami Southridge, is a solid commit. We're looking for the Hurricanes to take two or three more guys there. They're taking their time. They've got to wait and see if C.J. Henderson from Miami Columbus comes back into the fold. The dialogue continues there. And then there's a, um, also a similar situation with Brian Edwards from Miramar. They've got to see if he wants to come back into the fold. At a certain point, if they don't, they'll have to move on. Guys that are currently on hold are Antoine Collier at Miami Southridge, um, Kahim Roach, at Miramar High, um, there's a JUCO kid by the name of Matt White, who's at Asa College in Miami, who's been talking to the Canes coaches. And don't be surprised if a couple more guys don't pop onto this list here in the next month or so. I, I think you're going to see that in a lot of places. Miami coaches are putting out a lot of feelers right now. Uh, kids that are committed to other schools, trying to see if they can get them to come visit Miami and, and so forth and so on. So, you know, this is the time of year now, as you get into December, where things pick up fast. And uh, there's always a lull during the high school season, as there's been uh, this year. Um, that will change in December. You can bet on that. Okay, a couple more questions that came in from posters on the message boards at canesport.com. Can Manny Diaz build the type of aggressive defensive team that he talks about all the time. Seems like they're improving every day. Do these players have that in them? I would say absolutely. They've been that all year. I mean, there have been a few times where they ran out of gas a little bit in games because of lack of depth. But uh, these kids have played hard and aggressive all year long. And as they continue to move forward, you've got a lot of young guys in this defense. I don't think there's any question that Manny Diaz is going to continue to make the progress that you've already seen him make. And quite frankly, it's one of the best coaching jobs I've ever seen in 30 some uh, 35 years, I guess, around the Miami program. Uh, just a, just a great, great, great coaching job this year by Manny Diaz. Where has Braxton Berrios been in the passing game this year? That's a good question. He's been having a tough year in that regard. And, you know, it looked at, we, we saw him, I think he had nine catches 
in the spring game. We thought he'd be a big part of the offense this year, uh, working in the middle of the field, but it just has not turned out that way. Um, Dale Harris has started getting some of the playing time, and um, Braxton Barrios just having a hard time getting open, it seems, and uh, kind of surprising, and obviously something maybe that he could figure out a way to work on in the offseason, because I don't think it's that he's not shifty enough or fast enough. Just for some reason, he's just not, it's just not working out for him. And a lot of that is because of Amon Richards and Stacey Coley. Those are the guys who are getting most of the targets along with David Njoku. So there's you know only so many throws to go around, and Braxton Berrios just has not been getting many of them this year. Will Mark Rick add motion or jet sweeps to the offense? more creativity in general. And will he move even more towards that if he gets a mobile quarterback like Nikozi Perry? Um, I think Mark Rick's going to evolve a lot. And, uh, you know, I think that this year has been a transition year for, for, for Coach Rick, uh, getting back into the swing of things, of, of, of calling the plays and coaching the offense. And uh, quite frankly, the, the, the game has changed quite a bit since he last was doing this in his early years at Georgia. And I think you've seen him go through some, you know, I don't want to say growing pains, but there, there were a few games there in the middle of the season where coach Rick struggled a little bit, but I don't know if you've noticed, he hasn't struggled very much the last three weeks and he didn't struggle a ton the first four weeks. And um, I, I think you got to be encouraged, even though this season hasn't gone as perfectly as anybody would like. I think you got to be encouraged with what you're seeing. And I, I think you're already witnessing a little bit of an expansion of the offense. They've gone with a lot more short passing game uh, the last few weeks and kind of have expanded beyond just the bubble screens and things like that. And and I think in the offseason, Coach Rick's going to have time to sit down and maybe take a look at what some of these other teams around the country are doing in their passing game and and expand on his his offense a little bit and um, take it to even the next level next year. It's very hard to do that kind of thing in the middle of the season. Okay, and and before we get started tonight, I wanted to throw out one other topic for conversation, and that's the total lack of respect that the College Football Playoff Selection Committee, which decides the Final Four, which is headed by former Miami Athletic Director Kirby Hocutt, what well, little respect they have for the ACC Coastal Division. And I'm, and I'm going to show you here what I'm talking about. Uh, a new set of rankings came out tonight, a new top 25. Alabama, of course, remains at number one. Ohio State, Michigan, and Clemson are two, three, four, with Washington sitting there at number five, hoping that somebody in the top four slips up, which obviously – Ohio State or Michigan will because they play each other. So Washington's kind of like in the catbird seat right now to get into the playoff. You'll have Alabama um, most likely against the Ohio State-Michigan winner. It looks like Clemson's going to get in there, and then probably Washington would be the fourth team. Okay, that's how it looks like your playoff is going to be this year. But now they go all the way to 25 on the rankings, okay? And the the highest three-loss team – in the rankings is Southern Cal at number 12 with an 8-3 and three record. And I'm looking here, number 13 is Auburn at 8-3. and three. Number 14 is Florida State at 8-3. and three. 
Number 17 is Tennessee at 8 and 3. Number 22 is Utah at 8 and 3. Number 23 is Washington State at 8 and 3. Number 24 is Stanford at 8 and 3. Now the ACC Coastal has two teams at 8 and 3. North Carolina and Virginia Tech, which did not get placed in the top 25. Is that a bias against the Coastal? You know, it certainly looks that way, but I'd be curious to know if anybody else shares that opinion as we move on in the show. All right, now it's time to go out to your calls. The number is 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Greg's not first tonight. We're actually going to begin this evening in the 504, where you're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Yeah, what's up, man? It's Roland from New Orleans. What's up, Roland? You beat him to the punch again. Uh, I don't know. I just just called in. Greg is always number one, man, calling in. So I just happened to just be be number one tonight. Anyway, anyway, man. uh, What you got? Quick question. uh, The kid out in uh, California, uh, DJ, uh, let's see, defensive end. Yeah. Uh, What do you think? What do you think about him? Sticking with the with with, uh, we think he's he's a solid commit. Uh, I mean, we we checked on it this week when those rumors came up. We've known he was going to visit Washington, Utah, and Arizona State, and USC. Um, I know there was something on his Facebook that got everybody all crazy. He said it was hacked, and he deleted it. Um, His coach tells us that he's still solid, and everything's all set with Miami. Now, DJ himself has gone kind of quiet the last few weeks. Uh, so that can sometimes be a concern, but based on what his coach told us, based on the fact that we knew he was going to take all these visits and that he had an agreement with the Miami coaches that he would be able to take those visits and still be committed. Um, we don't have any reason to believe right now that he's going to fall off, but obviously we're keeping an eye on it. Gotcha. I gotcha. And, um, out of the underclassmen at Miami, you see any of those guys trying to go pro, um, like Chad Thomas and 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 Yerby. I mean, not because I mean just because. I mean, first of all, you know, shelf life on a running back and just guys in general. Um, it's, it, you, I mean, you average two to two to two to four years in the league. You, do you see any of those underclassmen? I don't see any of them. Any of them positioned to go out early. Um, the, the, the closest one would probably be David Njoku if he, if he yeah, decided that yeah. what, that's what he wanted to do. And he may test the waters and ask the NFL what his status is with them. We're not sure at this point. Um, but Yearby, Chad Thomas, we just – I mean, I don't think any of them are positioned to go out into the NFL early. Be a huge mistake. Gotcha. gotcha. And uh... – Quick question: What about those? Uh, actually, actually, last week too. They're trying to keep the momentum, man. With those, uh, those the interior, those guards from uh, American Heritage. Anything going with with those guys? Or no, still... nothing, nothing new there. No. Maybe you know. Maybe okay. we'll find something more out during December. Okay. Okay. And then, last question is for me on hold. What about Devontae Smith down in? Uh, 
my neck of the woods. You take that same out. deal. Not nothing. Nothing new. He hasn't said a word all season. Hey, you know, we, he's keep, we could definitely keep it, keeping things very, but, very close to the vest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, just, I mean, when you look at the team this year with with Amari Richards, Cager, and uh, Barrios, uh, I guess in the slot, and you know, have under somebody like Devontae Smith, man, that's pretty good. Yeah, you I know, just you know, good. I wouldn't hold my breath on that one anymore. I really wouldn't. I mean, just the fact that he's gone underground the whole season and, you know, isn't really talking up Miami and, you know, maybe changes, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold my breath too much on that one. And that kid at the same time was Aquinas. Have you seen him play? Hartley? He, I never, yeah, I I've, seen him play. yeah, I've seen him. He's fast. Is he, is, okay. Is he similar to, like, Sam Bruce? Or yeah, well, different he's type no, Sam, the different styles. You know, Harley's more of a speed guy. Sam Bruce was more of a shifty type of guy, but uh, yeah, he's an explosive kid. He's you know little. You know, he'll be he'd be a specialist. I think I don't think you'd see him as an every down guy, but you know they pulled the trigger. They offered him, so we'll we'll see. We you know, I would think that one would come into crystal clear in December also. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I just want a little bit more speed on the, on that offense. I know. I know. My Richards is, is you know real fast guy. But we could definitely more speed the better, man. I mean, even even at the running back position. I mean, we Walton and Yerby, a great shifty, good, really good backs, but just that raw. You know, like that Willis McGahee speed. I mean, we need to. We it'd be great to have have somebody with that that that, that four yeah, Walton, three low. Four. Walton's fast enough. He gets he he gets it done and finds a way to get to the end zone. But um, but you're right. You know you you would like to see more more speed across the board on offense, and get a couple yeah. guys that are flat burners. And you know, Amon Richards is pretty fast. He's put up some good times. Oh no question. Yeah. But yeah. Sounds, that kid's gonna be uh, tremendous, man. He really is. I yeah. Mean, a lot of catches. Yeah. Refreshing. What'd you say? I said, wait till he gets a year in the weight room in. He's going to be man, unbelievable. Man, I know. He's going to be unbelievable, unbelievable man. You're definitely right about yep. that. I think no Mullins, too, going to be all right, too. So. Yeah, we'll see on Mullins. You know, I don't really have an opinion there yet. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, give me a hold, man. Great job as usual. You got it, Roland. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Um, let's go out now to the 845. You're live on Canesport Live. Actually, I think this is Greg, right? You got it. What's up, Greg? How you doing this week? I'm great. Hope you are. Doing good. Okay, let's start out here. Excuse me? What do you think? About what, the game? The Canes visit, yeah. I thought it was a terrific game. Uh, NC State's better than you think. They could, they should have beat Clemson on the road. They should have beat Florida State. I think. I think they totally took it to. Excuse me, sorry. Hello. Yep. Go ahead. Okay. I wanted to get your opinion on this. See if you. Manny Diaz has done a fantastic job. I think 
we make a lot of plays in the backfield, but I think we're not that great as far as pass rushing from our defensive line. I feel like when we get pressure, it's when we blitz. You know, it, it, think- it's weird. It- it's really weird, Greg. I mean, think back to the Florida State game and how good they were that night and, and, and the pounding that they were inflicting on DeAndre Francois. Right. And ever since that night, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, the pass rush has no, been nowhere near as effective as it was in the Florida State game. Now, why that is, you know, I'm not sure. Um, but – Blitzing hasn't, to me, been the answer either a, a, a lot of the time. I mean, there's many times that Manny Diaz decides to blitz, and they end up getting burned in, in, in coverage because they're outmanned in the secondary. So, you know, that's obviously an area where they can get better for next year. But all that said, the job in general on defense has been phenomenal. I. I don't know. I I think that McIntosh has been our best defensive lineman this year. Yeah, I would agree with that. Norton's been pretty good as well. I I, I think right. Willis. Right. So is Joe Jackson. Yep, Joe Jackson's been very good, and uh, even Gerald Willis has been sneaky good. All right. Next. Um, as far as recruiting, I'd like us to get this kid Collier who wants to be a hurricane instead of this guy Henderson who's wishy-washy. This guy Collier must be doing something right. Southridge has like seven shutouts in a row. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I mean, I, I, I mean, know people that have seen him play said he's pretty, he's a real good athlete. Everybody that's come through South Florida, Greg, thinks that Henderson's the best player over there. So they have to stay in the game with Henderson. I, it doesn't look like he's going to come to Miami. We had a story on him today. He is still very much talking to Miami coaches, and he goes out there from time to time. Um, so that they have to continue to take that seriously, uh, you know, at least for another month maybe and, and, and just see where it takes them. Now you get into January, and he hasn't committed again yet. You know, now I think they got to start looking elsewhere because – They've got a lot of other guys that they're recruiting, and I think there's going to be more that aren't even on the board right now because it's such a priority position and because there's the opportunity to play right away at Miami in the defensive backfield. So, um, you know, I think you're going to see them continue to look more and more. Uh, And if they get – remember, if they get enough DBs, they always have the option of putting DJ Dallas on offense. So um, DJ Dallas can go either way. And that gives them a lot of flexibility here in recruiting. So, uh, you know, right now, C.J. Henderson kind of has the key to the front door. So the question is going to be how long they let him keep it. Okay. Now, what about um, Coach Cool? Do you think we'll have any trouble keeping him? I don't. Um, You know, I don't see any reason why he would leave. He's very well paid. He just moved to Miami. Got a house with you know with his wife. Uh, all signs are that they like it here. Uh, I'd be surprised if that happened. I mean, you know, he he's already extremely well paid. I you know, could somebody come along and offer him another couple hundred thousand a year? Maybe. You know, but. Well, I hope it's not, you 
yeah, I, I, I just don't think they that they would let him leave over that, and and you know I think he's too too highly valued on this staff, and I don't think it's going to be an issue. You never know. Uh, do you, I, mean, I don't know who right. I don't know all who all his friends are out there in coaching who might call him up and and try to get him to come to their program. But you know, right now I don't I don't I don't think he would leave. Okay. Do you do you think I believe Corn Elder is a much better player than Arnie Burns was last year. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I do. Corn Elder I think he should be a first round pick, Corn Elder. Well, no, because he doesn't have Artie Burns' size, and that size is a, is a big deal at corner in the National Football League. Um, but Cornelder has had a phenomenal year and is going to get drafted without a doubt. I'm not sure where yet. I'll do some digging into that. Um, but he's going to get drafted, and uh, I don't think you could have gotten any more out of him this year. I mean, he's been unbelievable. Well, I think he's our best player overall on the whole team, in my opinion. Okay, one last thing. Um, Kaya, his, his, he has problems in the red zone, completing passes in the end zone. Uh, he, he, when he, he doesn't hit his first, ta- his first option, he's lost out there. It's unbelievable. He's regressed in three years. I thought he was better as a freshman than he is now. I mean, I think they're going to have to look at a lot of things. They have to look at why. They're going to have to, you know, look at study why they couldn't get receivers successfully open as as much as they would like down there. You know, maybe make some adjustments to the playbook, and and, you know, before they come back next year. All right. And do you, do you think there's any chance we can play Georgia in a bowl game? Yeah, I do. Uh, you know, I think that they're gonna. I, I think the the bowl game they're most likely to go to is the one in Jacksonville, the Tax Slayer Bowl. That would be against an SEC opponent, middle of the pack, and that could be Georgia. That's like one of them. All right, Gary. Thanks for having me on. I'll talk to you next week. You got it, Greg. Thank you for, as always, being part of the show. 646-595-2048. Hit the number one on your keypad if you would like to come on the show. Let's go to the 917. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. What's up? BK Hurricane. Hey, what's up, BK? How you doing this week? I'm doing all right. Getting ready for Thanksgiving and all that good stuff. All right. Hey, what Gary, you got? Quick, uh... Just quick, uh, you know, just real quick. If, um, you know, just looking over the season and we had that four-game, you know, like losing stretch. If we would have won, like, if we would have won 500 out of those four games, one, two, lost two, would everybody be talking about that uh, Brad Kaya not being as as effective as he was the first three years? Probably not because he would have been effective. Well, he would have been BK. He would have been effective in those games. games. He would have been effective in exactly. those games if they they had won them. So no, but but you know he wasn't that effective. The North Carolina game was a was was not a very good offensive game at all. Um, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, I thought that was that was probably Mark Rick's worst game of the year as a play caller. Um, the Virginia Tech game 
was almost as bad. I mean, they just you weren't know. prepared. They just weren't prepared. That team. Yeah. I mean, we were beat from the first from the from the kickoff. Yeah, and then you know the Notre Dame yeah. game just got away early. They, you know, they just didn't come out ready to play, and and it got away from them early. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they just couldn't overcome that start. But uh, you know, it was in the second half of the Notre Dame game that I think we started to see the offense evolve a little bit, and. Mark Rick start having success with that short passing game, and it continued to get better and better. And I think it saved the season because, it, it, to me, if he didn't go to that short passing game and, and get into a rhythm where Kai is getting rid of the ball and and they're not putting it, things in the hands of the offensive line, uh, this season to me would have gone down the tubes very quickly. So I think Mark Rick right. making that adjustment saved the season. Um, as much as you could say, eight and four or a four-loss year is saving the season, and uh, you know, I think he found something that can work with Kaya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really hope so because you know, like people, you know, like a lot of guys on the board are mentioning Kaya, whether he's going, whether he's staying. You know, what's his draft position? This, you know, like this, that, or the other. Like, you know, just just five games ago. We had the kid from Notre Dame. Everybody saying he's a he's going to be a first quarterback off the board before Deshaun Watson. And now that Notre Dame has had the stretch, all of a sudden <laughs> he's a third round pick. You know, I don't understand. You know, like how I see the NFL draft is the NFL draft is a projection of talent. You know, like anyone drafted obviously has talent, but if you're going in the first round, there are not too many guys that are drafted in the first round that make an immediate impact. That's their first year in in the NFL. So it's more of a projection of talent. So I think if Kaya does decide to go to the NFL, it'll be more of you won't see, you know, know, not everybody's a Dak Prescott or anything like that. You know, the kid just fell into a great position. But he could potentially be a a second-round pick if, if he decides to go out now. Well, I'm told third, third or fourth by by people okay. that in the NFL that would know these kind of things. But you know, all it takes is one team. You know, That's it. all it takes is one team That's to it. think all he's a second rounder and take him in the second. And then all those guys that think he's a third or fourth rounder are meaningless. But I don't think he's going to go out. I think he's going to be back. Right. I definitely think so too. But one last thing. Um, uh, you know, this um, Denzel Perryman has been having an amazing season over in San Diego. Yeah, he's been doing well. Artie yeah, Burns has started to do well, well, too. Yeah, after he got smoked. <laughs> what was it, two weeks ago? Yeah, he he was, um, I forgot who the Steelers were playing, but he, the kid, the poor kid got smoked. He was the butt of every joke on ESPN that week. I forgot what team it was, but Denzel Perriman has been having a pretty good year. I think he made uh, AFC Player of the Week, like I think, like two weeks in a row this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's AFC doing well. Player of the Week, yeah, two weeks in a row. But that's it. I just wanted to uh, give, you know, just reach out this week. So um, I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. Okay, just keep me on. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, guys. I opened my front door this morning. And there was a package sitting out front, and it was this – I opened the, bo- the big box, and inside it was this really sharp-looking blue box. And I pulled that out, and I saw that it was a gift 
from Harry's razors. And uh, man, I've been t- you, you know, I've been talking about Harry's the entire football season. And um, I love when those packages come from Harry's razors because that means that they're refortifying my shaving supply. And, and Harry's, as I've been telling you, has totally revolutionized the shaving experience for me and, and so many of you guys that listen to Kane Sport Live each week and have taken advantage of their offers. Well, we got a new one this week, which aligns with the, the box that was sitting outside my front door this morning. And um, finding the right gift for another guy out there if you need to get it or you know, if you're a female looking for a holiday gift for your significant other or somebody in the who works in the office with you or something, it's, it's really tough to find a thoughtful gift that is also useful and practical. And that's where Harry's has decided to come in and be there for you this holiday season. And um, if you haven't heard of them before, Harry's was started by two best friends, a couple guys named Jeff and Andy, actually, who were fed up with being overcharged for razors. So they started their own razor company, got the factory over in Germany to make the best blades in the world in a lot of people's opinions and they're certainly the best that I've ever used. And you know, I was one of those guys that used to go to the drugstore and buy those expensive $4 blades and that are locked up behind the counters and stuff and um once I got into Harry's razors, uh, I never turned back and uh so these guys, they started their own razor company to give people what they deserve, a great shave at a fair price. And now, for the holiday season, for Kane Sport Live listeners, Harry's has put together a limited edition shaving set that can be the perfect gift. And you're going to get this midnight blue chrome razor handle. I actually... Just got mine. I'll try it for the first time tomorrow morning. And you even can get get that engraved with your initials or the initials of the person that you're buying a gift for. You'll get three of Harry's German-engineered five-blade cartridges that provide a close, comfortable shave. You're going to get some foaming shave gel that smells absolutely amazing. Mrs. Furman goes crazy when I shave. The gift box as I noted earlier, is beautifully designed, very very slick and cool looking. And the whole thing goes for $30 on harrys.com. So you now have a new holiday gift option. They also offer handles and sets to start at just $10 if you haven't tried Harry's for yourself. Now as a special offer for listeners of Kane Sport Live, we've partnered with Harry's to give you $5 off your order when you enter the code Canes at checkout. So you go, you order that holiday gift box, the limited edition shaving set for $30. You use the code Canes at checkout. They'll give you $5 off, and they'll even throw in free shipping if you order before December the 9th. Free shipping will end on December 9th. So act now. Go to harrys.com to get a limited edition holiday shave set while supplies last. And don't forget to enter the code CANES at checkout for $5 off. That's harrys.com, code CANES. I highly recommend that you get in on the Harry's craze, whether for yourself or for a holiday gift recipient.
All right, 646-595-2048 is our number. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let's go now out to the 904 where you're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, how you doing, man? It's Antoine Jacksonville. How you doing, man? Hey, what's up, Antoine? Jacksonville. Uh, the Canes? I'm yeah. telling you, that's my prediction, man. I think the Canes are coming bowling in Jacksonville. Oh, I will be there. Oh. If they come here, well, I will we'll be see. there. I will be, I will be there. I don't go we'll to that know. Richard we'll Stadium. We'll know in another, I guess, week and a half or so. Yeah, I don't go to that stadium for the Jaguars. I don't even, I, I don't even play with that foolishness. But uh, they just got done. They just got done making improvements to that stadium. I've heard it's pretty nice. Yeah. Oh, it's a nice. It's real nice. It's real nice. It's a real nice place. I just don't go to it because I don't want to watch the Jaguars lose. But um, <laughs> uh, I wanted to, I wanted to uh, comment on what a caller was talking about earlier with the pass rush. Uh, Gary, our defensive linemen get held a lot. In the even in the Florida State game, they got they get held a lot, and they don't call holding. Joe Jackson gets held almost every play, man. I'm watching it. I'm like, these boys getting held, and it's like the flag's not being thrown, but they getting held. So that's one of the reasons that the pass rush is not being as good because we getting held, and they no, they not calling it. So, but we we gonna move on from that. Did you look at the film of that kid I told you about? Did you look at that film I yes. told you about? Yes, I did after okay. the show last week. The receiver from Tell me why um, we haven't offered that kid from from uh, Glade Central, right? Tell me why we haven't offered that kid. He's not he, honestly. He's not. I, I, the reason they're not, they're not recruiting him is that they just have better guys that are recruiting. He's not good. Okay. Enough. I okay. mean, he, so you he, think the guys that we're recruiting? You think what was the guy Dingle? You think Dingle? And who Dingle was the other guy recruiting? I mean, they may not take Dingle, yeah. but but you know. <laughs> I don't think he's as good as Harley, for example. Um, okay. I think Harley's Harley's got more 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 speed. Okay. Um, but this is more the explosive of an athlete than 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 that kid. I know he looks good on tape. I agree with you. Um, you know he'll, he's going to make a nice prospect for somebody. You know what it, it might be when it, it, it might be somebody ahead. like a Butch Davis at FIU or something like that. I mean somebody's obviously going to give the kid a scholarship. Oh, he's already going to but, Oregon State, so we'll we'll see in a few years. But, yeah, um, right. Well, yeah, he could go to Oregon State if he wants to stick with them. Yeah. So this is, this you know, is the thing. I'm not saying he's not a decent player, but if you're if you're looking at the gamut of receivers out there, particularly in the state of Florida, um, he's just not one of the top ones. I don't even see us on any other receivers in the state of Florida other than Harley. The only receivers I really see us going after are Harley just now, Holloman and Smith. One from Georgia, one from Louisiana. Who's the other in-state re- receiver that we're going after in Florida? Because I don't know of any. Hey, I don't well, even know who else. Would, yeah, who? Well, you got to remember, there's there's new guys that are going to pop into the picture. Um, <laughs> example, there, there's a JUCO wide receiver by the name of Marquise Brown, for example, who was originally I, I heard about him. Originally from South Florida. Um, okay. He he's getting a look. Um, he okay. could be an option. Um, okay. The kid at, at Heritage, uh, Dontavious Butler, um, who's okay. committed to Pittsburgh right now. Um, he's okay. been talking with Mike Rumpf a little bit. You know, we, you don't know what's going to happen there. Um, still think they're in good shape with Jeremiah Holloman. Uh, it looks to us like they're almost assuming he's coming. Um, oh, so so oh so now now if that's the case, then I then I feel differently about it because that's a filler. Yeah, but, I mean, look. I mean, these coaches know what they're doing. I mean, you, you know, they have a plan. Ah, they, they, come on now, now no, they're not. No, no, wait, don't, they, don't wait, 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 I'm don't not say saying that. that they don't make mistakes, and, and they may not make a mistake. They may make a mistake, but they, I, that kid was evaluated, 
and that I that from what I could tell that they've decided that there's better guys on their board. Okay. But I agree with you. I like his film. His film looked good. He you know he makes okay. plays. Um, not sure what his speed is, but um, you know you it's hard to tell sometimes watching high school tape. And obviously, yeah, know. Know, they know a little bit more than we do in that regard, exactly how fast those kids are. But um, nice prospect. You know, he's obviously going to gonna land at Oregon State or somewhere else. Okay, okay. Now, this is the last thing I want to talk to you about, man. Man, I went on Robbers last week after our conversation, and I wanted to, just, I wanted to see exactly where they had Amar Richards rated in the class. Yeah. Amar Richards was number the 62nd rated wide receiver in the country. Yeah. If you can find me 60, not only was he the 62nd rated receiver, he was three Here's spots why. from being a a three-star. I'll, I'll tell you why. He was three you spots know from why? being a three-star. He I'll was tell a you why. three-star. Why? I know, but I'm gonna tell, I'll tell you why. You want to know why? Yeah. He, play, he played high school ball at Palm Beach Gardens. Okay. Which which is not, you know, a top-shelf high school program, wasn't seen by an enormous number of people, um, didn't really go to a lot of the all-star games or anything where mm-hmm. the people who do those kind of rankings would have seen him. He, okay. So in that regard, in terms of rankings, he was under the radar. But in terms of coaches that recruit South Florida, he wasn't under the radar at all. Um, exactly. Fact, remember, um, Alabama tried to grab him late in the game. Oh, and I and we and, know why, <laughs> and yeah, we know why we, because if, if if you look at the players that came out last year, Gary, there weren't ten, there weren't fifteen players in the country in the whole country better than this kid last year, and they were well, saying I it was sixty. You're saying, but but I don't know that you know that that's that to really be true. I mean, you know, Gary, I, I, I have I watch all year long. Listen, I get to go to a lot of these all star games and camps okay. and things like that. You'd be surprised at the amount of talent that you see out there. You got to remember. Is Deontay Mullins better than, than Amon Richards? No. Is Sam Bruce better than, than Amon Richards? They no, were both rated way. They were both rated way above him. I know. I mean, they were in the top ten, and he like I'm, I'm telling you why he fell under the radar, but he wasn't under he wasn't under Miami's radar. He he was a priority for Miami from the very beginning, even going back to the Al Golden staff, obviously. And, yeah, yeah, that, that, that you know, they didn't, good, miss it. they didn't miss it. Yeah, they, they, they did not miss it, man. Uh, they didn't miss. I, I was looking at Joe Jackson. He, they got kind of, he was like in the top seven, so they got close on Joe Jackson. But Amon Richards, man, I, this kid, I, we just better enjoy him for the next couple of years. Um, this kid, listen, DJ, DJ Dallas is another one. He didn't go to any oh, yeah. camps. He's totally that, under the yeah. radar. I honestly think when I watch our safeties play, we miss a lot of plays. And I mean, we make some plays, but a lot of times we miss plays. And I, 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 I they want him to be a cornerback. They're saying cornerback if he play defense, but I actually think he could be our ball hawking safety. I really think he can be that guy because he's actually a cornerback in high school. So he's going to have a better insight, insight reading routes and seeing what's developing in front of him. Because he kind of knows what the quarterback is thinking and where he wants to go, so I would kind of try to start him at free safety. But uh, just because he in the in the quarterback head already. Um, but DJ Dallas is a good prospect, man. I, I wanted to ask you one more question. Um, 
This is the thing, man. Okay. I know Donaldson is flipping and, and, and wavering on us, man. That's the one kid we can't afford to lose, man. That's, nope. that. I I honestly think they can move St. Louis to left tackle next year and, and plug in Donaldson at right. Because, I mean, well, I don't you know what Donaldson is going George Brown's yeah, gonna factor into the conversation. Is he a tackle or a guard? Is he a tackle or a guard? I think he'll be a okay. tackle. Okay, so okay, so so if, if, if St. Louis keeps developing, then our offensive line should look a lot better next year. It could. It, it, it I mean, it, it can't look no worse than being the first half of the season. No. Uh Yeah, but um, but um, but that's it's it, been, man. It's been uh, better. Though, since they yeah, yeah, they've they, they been playing better. So man, wait a minute, man. I, man, I'm sorry, I got to say this, man. I'm sorry, man. But a lot of times they give Kyle like time, and he still miss the guy. He still miss him, and I'm like, they open. Yeah. He missed Cody he's not, for a he's couple. He's not having days. a great season. He's having an okay season. Dude, it, 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 it's 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 kind of scary sometimes. I'm like, dude, that's why that's a touchdown. That's stealing. But um, but man, you you have a happy Thanksgiving, man. I just want to call and talk to you, man. We had a good game. With defense played good, and like I said, man, uh, we we doing good. I I hope we do play Georgia. I think we actually gonna end up playing Tennessee. That's just what I think. We are gonna end up we playing could. Tennessee. Any of those SEC teams? And, and I would love nothing more. I would I would love to put out my foot on Tennessee. Uh, for 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 the new year after what uh Larry Scott did with that receiver last year and that uh cornerback <laughs> man, but uh go Caves man I uh, happy Thanksgiving man I will talk to you next time man. You got it. Yeah, Tennessee could factor in any of those SEC teams. You got the Belk Bowl in Charlotte. You got the Tax Slayer in Jacksonville. Two possible destinations for Miami against SEC opponents. So we'll see what happens. All right, let's go back out to the 904. You're live on King Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, how's it going, Gary? It's going good. Who's this? All right, this is 240 from the message board. Uh, first time caller in. Yeah, I just wanted to make some comments about, you know, how great this team has come forth. You know, we did, you know, start it off pretty, you know, we did start off pretty good. We slumped. But I really, you know, lean toward this NC State game as being a loss, not because we couldn't play with these kids, but because I thought we was tired and I thought we was a little weary because of this freshman, you know, starting linebacker group and, you know, we starting a, a freshman DB. And, you know, I just kind of like felt as if that we weren't, you know, all together with this physical. I'm talking about a physical NC State team. So I'm, so I'm just proud of this, this team based on the, just the performance that I've seen. Now, Pinkney, you know, he's a guy from, from Jacksonville. But we didn't see this when we went to go see him play. We did see some great things out of Pinkney. But what we've seen in this kid, it's amazing. It's amazing what we've seen in Pinkney. But one of the things that I wanted to mention is that the, the most important thing for Miami right now that I feel is that our seniors, our juniors, and our sophomores, they cannot be freshmen in a system anymore. And what I mean by that, we have to find a way to keep Diaz for at least another two years. Coach Kuhl for another two years. We I have mean, to find a way to keep these guys. Unless mm-hmm. somebody gets a head coaching job, I don't think you're going to lose these guys. Well, I hope not. It's not, it's, it, it's not like the old days where Miami didn't pay. Miami's paying these guys very competitive salaries. 
Manny Diaz is a Miami guy. His wife and kids are couldn't be more thrilled to be back in South Florida. Um, you know, Grandpa's there. I mean, uh, I don't, I don't think that you're a, a, as at greater risk of losing these guys as you might, as some of you guys might think. Now, you know, I'm not saying my opinion's gospel, and I could be wrong, but I see zero indications that these guys are looking to leave or will leave or have a reason to leave. I mean, look, you know, they're, they're doing great here. And that's a great foundation of what you were speaking. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping so, because when I look at recruiting, Gary, I don't feel good about Donaldson. I just don't feel good about this kid. He seems like some of those recruits that we lost at the end from the last it, two or three. Listen, the, the, mm-hmm. When the street agents are buzzing, you, you, you got to worry until the last second. And they're buzzing. Exactly. So, so, you know, we'll see, okay? I mean, I, I've been talking about this the whole season and, and been saying that, you know, I don't think it's a lock. I, I don't, you know, I think you're going to have to hold your breath until he puts pen to paper. Uh, but, I, you know, I don't think we need to debate how much they need him and how important he is to the class. And, and he exactly. knows that. He knows how much they're counting on him. Well, let me speak about Kai. You did, then I'm going to let you go. One of the things that I noticed about this kid, I've been his hardest critic on the board concerning Brad. But one of the things that I had to step back and take take a notice of is that he's never really been in a two-year system. And if he do stay, he was kind of like in his two-year system with Coach Cooley, but he was never really – I think they changed or tweaked a lot of things that second year. But I think that if he do come back, the beauty of him – for this particular Miami football team, that he would be in a system for the first time for two years. And I think that's to our advantage as a football team. And and, and the same with Coach, you know, um, Coach Rick. He was a freshman along with everybody else. He was a freshman along with the freshmen. He was a freshman along with the sophomores. He was a fr- Everybody, this whole system was just fresh. And so, and I think that's why I'm so I'm so proud of, proud of these guys when they've come back because everybody has been a freshman within the system that has been put forth. And when I look at Coach Rick, I've seen him as a freshman do better each game, and he's getting better and he's getting better. But the great thing I like about if he stay, because his 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 savvy is terrible to me. But one of the things that I do like about Rick, what I think I'm going to like, is that this is the first time in college football that he would be in a two-year system or a system that he's had under his belt. I believe that he tried to please the coach by learning the, you know, the feet system. He wasn't getting that down pat right. You know, he was trying to learn the plays all in the midst of that. And so trying to learn the footwork and the plays at the same time put this team in the position not to be not to be successful as it needed to be. So I'm just proud of this team, Gary. I hope that we can do some of the things that we need to do. I'm not positive about the recruiting. We, we will get some good recruits, and I, I'm praying that Diaz can make up for the good recruits we get. Coach Cool can make up for the good recruits we get, differently from what has happened in the last three years. All right, Gary, I'm good. Thank you. All right, man. Thank you for being part of the show. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight six four six five nine five two zero four eight. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We're gonna go now to the two four zero 
You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's going on, Gary? D Black. Hey, what's up, D Black? How you doing this week? I'm good. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Uh, took a little hiatus. I've been listening. Just haven't been uh, hitting number one. You know, been busy game playing for my pop one to playoffs and stuff. But um, I would like to, you know, I would like to say I appreciate coaches and the players of how they buckle down, how they show resolve and focus coming off that four game losing streak because they easily could have packed it in and said the hell with it. You don't got nothing to play for, and we just look to next year. So I, I appreciate the dog in the fight that they showed. Um, last week was, you know, last week was awesome to me, you know, to show that we have a coaching staff that can go in at halftime and make the proper adjustments and come out the second half and just totally kind of dominate a team and run away with it. Um, appreciate that. The defense looks tremendous. Offensive line looks like they're doing a little better. Um, yes, you know, I'm not going to beat Kaya up like, you know, some others have been beating him up lately. I'm not going to beat him up. Yeah, he missed a lot of throws. He missed, But I've also seen him stay in there last Saturday and make some good throws with pressure in his face. Um, I mean, he's not a running quarterback. That's not who he is. You know, that's like asking Dan Marino to uh, run the ball, you know, and everybody want to knock him or they want to compare him to some of the UM greats. But they got to understand, like, yo, he, he doesn't have a Jeremy Shockey, a Kellen Winslow, a Willis McGahee, or, or, or Clint Porter, or Andre Johnson, a Santana Moss. He, he doesn't have those weapons. He doesn't have a Brian McKinney who didn't give up a sack in two years. He doesn't have that offensive line. He doesn't have those weapons. Those weapons made Ken No, but, but skill talent isn't the problem. The the problem was, was was the offensive line, and they found a way to coach around it by going to a quick passing game. Exactly. But my point, but my point is, is, is there Brian McKinney in that offensive line? No. Hey, that's my point. That's my point. Is anybody on that offensive line better than any offensive lineman that we had on that team? No. So that's my point. That's all I'm saying. That's, that's all I'm saying. You I know, know, but you were naming, crucified. you were talking about receivers and tight ends and stuff yeah, like that. That's not. But I'm talking about, I'm still talking about weapons. He still doesn't have those weapons. But we all, we all know that the offensive line was the weak spot of the team. It still is. You know, Justin Coach Rick does what he do because he's a veteran at this, find a way to make it easier for Brad Kai in the offensive line. I mean, I mean, you know, I'm going to piggyback off what the last caller said because he, he made some good points. You know, everybody's a freshman in this. This is a whole new system for everybody. So now you're giving everybody a whole other year in the strip and conviction program and under this system. Come next year, hopefully Brad comes back along with Najoku and some of the other underclassmen. Then it, it, it's a different monster. And if you get, you know, hold on to Donaldson and a couple of other linemen, it, it's a whole different ball game. And next year, really, Brad Kyrie really has no excuse because we have two years in the system under a coach who's had, had a proven track record and developed a quarterback. I mean, that's, that's, you, can't, you can't argue that. He has a proven track record 
and develop a quarterback. So, I mean, I, I just want to applaud the team for, for their moxie, you know what I'm saying, for lacing up their boots and like, yo, we still got something to play for. We still have a winning season. So I want to applaud them for that, you know, because they're young and they could have packed it in. Like you always say, there's not too much leadership on the squad, but for them, for them uh, young men to band together and fight and play as hard as they've been playing, I, I, hey, I, they got my respect. That's my squad. Been my squad for any time. I've up with great things uh, down the road. But you know, Gary, I've been I've been listening. I just ain't been hitting the button. I've been in the lab game playing at playoffs, championships this week, uh, state championship. So we're playing an undefeated team that's been averaging forty points a game. So I've been in the lab trying to <laughs> figure them out. But um, Kane Nation. We're good. We in uh we're in good hands with Coach Rick and that staff. Uh, let's get this win this weekend for the seniors. Send them out on a high note. Doesn't matter who we play in the bowl game. I think we're gonna beat them, so it don't matter. Going into recruiting, um, I know you're gonna have a recruiting special show, Gary. I know you're gonna have one of those, right? Oh yeah, we'll have a couple of those, but yeah, that, that, exactly. that's down the road. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So are you gonna go? So are you gonna make your annual? Uh, pilgrimage up to Orlando for the uh, All-Star practices? Under Armour? For the Under Armour practices? Yes. yes I, yeah, I will be yes. there. Yep. Okay, cool. So, you, so you'll so you be able to get uh, some interviews with some of the recruits that we're recruiting? Absolutely. Every single one of them. Alright, great, great. Be looking forward to that, Gary. Uh, I'm going to definitely call in next week. Get back on my every week thing. Miss talking to you. Kane, Kane, what's up, man? I told you I was going to call and, you know, you sucker. <laughs> All right, Gary, keep me a hold, please. All right, D Black. Thanks for uh, resurfacing and being part of the show. We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys, going to talk to you for a minute here about mybookie.ag. You heard me mention them at the start of the show, and uh, they've been a sponsor of Kane Sport Live throughout the whole season. And the college games, the NFL games, they're all picking up steam here now as as the season winds down and. A lot of big stakes involved in some of these games, and uh, but you know who's going to win. And MyBookie AG gives you a great opportunity to put your money where your mouth is. You can get some money on the game, and you can score a big win today and join thousands of online players, many Kane Sport Live listeners, and start betting at MyBookie.ag. And uh, man, they got a casino. If you if you like to mess around with online blackjack and uh, other casino games, um, horse racing. If you, if you like to bet the ponies, those of you in South Florida know Gulfstream Park's getting ready to open for that big winter racing season in South Florida that everybody who loves horse racing likes to enjoy. And my bookie AG will take all your bets when you can't be live out at the track. And uh, obviously, their sports betting is the primary focus. They have live in-game betting. So you can even place a bet after kickoff. And unlike some other websites that you might find out there, MyBookie offers fast, no-hassle payouts when you win. So join now. And as a Kane Sport Live listener, MyBookie will match your initial deposit with a 100% bonus. Use the promo code CANES, C-A-N-E-S, to activate the offer when you sign up. So visit mybookie.ag today 
or call 844-900-BETS. That's 844-900-BETS. You play, you win, you get paid. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you got to check out my bookie. Sign up today. All right, 646-595-2048 is the number. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's continue on here and go to the 678. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's going on, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? This guy is Jackie. Hey, what's up, Junkie? How you doing this week? What you got hey, for us? What's going on? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I just want to um, ask about recruiting. Um, I guess the stories based kind of what what um, Adrian Ely. It was saying that he was he wasn't serious about coming, but then his coach saying he's planning to come. Like he's serious about what's the deal? Was he waiting on LSU and they hadn't offered him yet? Who did you say? Well, I didn't I get the name. Who were we talking Adrian, about? Adrian Ely. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, the, the, I mean, oh. that was a little goofy. We'll see what happens there. Um, you know, th- they've been fishing around with him for a while. And, you know, some people have different opinions on him, how good he really is. He, he's a four-star uh, old lineman out of Baton Rouge. And uh, Miami's been talking to him for a long time. Uh, he's been out to Miami once and. We spoke to his dad this week, and he told us that they were going to try to set up a visit for the Duke game. Uh, so have not spoken to him in a day or two, so don't know exactly where that's gone or, or how that's coming together. But uh, he's hoping to visit Miami this weekend for the Duke game and kind of perk up the conversations with the Miami coaches. And, uh, beyond that, that's all we know right now. We'll see if it goes, if it goes anywhere and starts to get hot. Is it more so Miami uh, taking their time with him, or the other way around? Well, yeah, I, I just it, you know it, it's it's kind of just from what we know. Uh, there's just been a lot of chatter about him coming, and has hasn't been able to make it. His schedule's been kind of tight. So my guess is the coaches, for starters, probably are wondering how serious he really is, you know. Um, and of course they're talking they're talking to other kids too, so. And and weighing their different options. So beyond that, not really sure where that one's going to go. But he, but we're keeping an eye on it. Um, whatever happened to the running back from uh, Southridge? Who was that? Killian. He was committed at one point. Um, Thompson, I believe, Bentavious, Bentavious Thompson, or something like that. Yeah, I remember I, yeah, he was committed. Have not heard a thing about him being involved with Miami. Okay, so we pretty we much think the, we think the second back in the class is going to be right now. If we had to make a, a a bet on it, it would be Anthony McFarland out of Maryland. If you had to, um, but if you but had to you put know, a percentage on it. I say fifty what? right now. Fifty what McFarland? Yeah, just because nothing's happened yet. Okay. Whatever happened with Minor, the the uh oh, the guard that was that came down and visited with his dad that plays with McFarland, um, that that ship pretty much sailed. I know he, he took like a like a mid season uh visit with his dad on a Sunday. I wanna say he came down on the weekend, it was just him 
And, yeah, we don't. You know, we don't know that was right the last now, we heard from him. Yeah, we don't know of anything really hot going on there right now. All right, what about the safety? Of, but no, uh, I'm going to catch all this stuff by saying that I think that after Saturday, that mm-hmm. there's going to be there's going to be a lot of movement. You know, the coaches are going to be for two weeks until they start bowl preparations. The coaches are going to mm-hmm. be 100. They'll be 100 percent focused on recruiting, 100 percent. And that's when I think you'll start to see some kids that maybe weren't in the picture become become you know active Miami recruits, and they'll get some kids to visit that maybe are committed to other schools and things like that. Okay. So the first, um, first few weeks. Number should be pretty active. All right. Um, what about uh, oh the seventeen schedule? When do has that been released yet? The seventeen schedule? No, but here's what I can tell you. I don't have dates or anything yet. You know the ACC games. You know, um, Syracuse is the odd team from the West that'll be on the schedule okay. next year in the ACC. They'll be visiting Miami um, at some point. Uh, the other games you know, uh, you know Florida State and you know the teams in the Coastal. Um, the out-of-conference right. are going to be, um, looks like Bethune-Cookman, uh, Toledo, Arkansas State, and Notre Dame. Oh, we play Notre Dame. Oh, so we go back-to-back with them. Yeah, Notre okay. Dame will be home. Um, Bethune will be home. And... Um, they're at Arkansas State. I believe they're at Toledo also. So, in Notre Dame still wouldn't count against the ACC, right? It would just count as a regular season game, but it wouldn't count the regular as a season loss game, in the ACC. It, it, it's not an ACC game. Okay. So, that's basically Syracuse and Florida State on the uh, on the flip side. Okay. Okay. So that's a that's a schedule we can easily win and, and should win the coastal with that schedule. Yeah, the yeah, we yeah, should be able to win the coastal with that schedule the because everybody yeah. should be coming back. We yeah, we should have won it this year. Um, you know, two games. Up. Next year you got to go huh? at Florida. You got to go at Florida State next year. You're going to be at North yeah, Carolina. We'll yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll beat both of them to death. Okay, so we'll beat Florida State to death without Dalvin Cook. Huh? I understand. I understand, but you still got to go do it. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's it. That's all I had. I just want to. Um, I wanted to ask about. Don't okay. I, yeah. And don't I think they're not going to recruit the next Alvin Cook. I mean, they recruit pretty well up there. So. It'll be ten years before they recruit another Dalvin Cook. Well, but, see, but you still got you yeah. still got to go. You got to go to Tallahassee and win, and and. Right. You know, right. Miami has done a lot of that, so we'll see. All right. All right. Hey, enjoy the holiday, man. All right, man. Hey, thank you for being part of the show. Uh-huh. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out now to the 706. You're live on King Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? This is Sebastian, man. How are you doing this Thanksgiving holiday? I'm doing really good, getting ready to eat some turkey. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. That was a good, impressive win by uh, the Canes against North Carolina State. I mean, it was a good, hard, physical game where our team didn't fold under pressure. And I think that showed a lot in regards to how the coaches were able to just coach those kids up and just handle the whole entire 
sways back and forth. And so what do you think about that? I agree. I thought it was a classy win. You know, it wasn't easy. Um, NC State was way better uh, than a lot of people wanted to realize because they had just lost some tough, close games. But realistically, that was a a three-loss team, you know, that you were playing up there. And, um, you know, they they hung in there and made the adjustments they needed to make and, and got it done. Okay. So so let's let's see how we close the season out. I don't think Duke is going to be a cakewalk, but if we're oh, able God. to be in pre- – I couldn't believe the line. The line's ridiculous. I mean, it's I think yeah. 14, 15 14 points. 14 points. I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk, but I hope to see a good, strong, physical outing by the Canes that can really position themselves for the bowl game. I really believe if we win our next two games, that's a win for the coaching staff. If yeah, they need no to prove some fruit, if they need to prove some street cred in regards to what the Miami program looks like, if they can win their next two ball games, win this game, win the bowl game against a uh, reputable opponent, whether it be from the SEC or even from the Big Ten, I think that's going to do a lot for our particular program. Here's what I wanted to talk to you about tonight, though, is what a phenomenal job Manny Diaz has done with defense. I mean, Incredible. I used to I used to watch the last four years under the golden era. I used to cringe. We never got tackles for loss. We just never did. We never had our defensive linemen making tackles behind the line of scrimmage. We never had our defense dictate the outcome or the direction of the football game. If they were ever going for it on fourth and one, they always got it. You know, there was never a time where I thought we were ever going to have a goal line stand. But we pressure the quarterback. You know, tackle for losses, we at least see at least two of them per quarter. And it just seems like our kids know what they're doing on defense. And, you know, it's not one of these we can't impact the game from a defensive perspective. Could you share some light on what the job Manny Diaz has done this year? Uh, I said it earlier. It's as good of a coaching job by an assistant coach that I've seen here at any time. I mean, it's unbelievable just – the total transformation, the fact that he's doing it with all these young kids, true freshmen, I mean, starting three freshman linebackers, starting a true freshman now at, at cornerback, and the kids making an interception in the end zone, I mean, that's ridiculous. Uh, you know, um, and and then when you carry it over to Coach Cool with the defensive line and, and, and you know, Rumpf and, and Banda with the secondary, I mean – Man, people were getting on Mike Rump for a while on the message boards and stuff. I mean, my God, what a coaching job he's done with these cornerbacks. I mean, Corn Elder, it shows up elite. Um, you know, Malik Young, he takes as a true freshman and Gary, turns him into a, turns him into a starter. I mean, you know, the way he had Colbert playing before Colbert yeah. got hurt. I mean, Mike Rump has been unbelievable this year, in my opinion. Um, you, you know, what's you know, amazing, you know. You know what's amazing with when we talk about the defense the way it is? I haven't seen a game where we've blown it because our secondary was they got burnt on a long touchdown play or they got burnt from a big play from a, on, on, from, on, from on a long pass or whatever. They were just – we've blown the coverage every now and then. One, one time, it, the, the Red Wine got beat in the Carolina game. And, the Carolina and they had a game, tough yep. time. They had a really tough time that day with that receiver from Carolina. 
But other than that, they've been really good all year. They've been solid. They've been solid all year. And then we busted a play on the North Carolina State when they went down and they kicked that field goal. But, I mean, overall, it seems like the defense know what they're doing, they're reacting to what they're doing, and they're impacting the game from a defensive perspective. I never saw that under D'Onofrio. I never, ever had the confidence that if it was a third and seven, we were going to stop them. If it was a a third and four, we were going to stop them. But, I mean, we're in the backfield, and that's the most impressive thing that I've seen this year, is our defensive linemen are in the backfield. Joe Jackson making a sack. Norton making a sack. The way D'Onofrio played, it was just like, Jay, you just stay here in front of you, but don't ever make a tackle behind the line of scrimmage. It was just ridiculous. We could never do that. But I want to change the subject because I know you got a lot of callers that's on there. <clears throat> I'm impressed from what I've seen from the coaches on a recruiting standpoint. We know we need offensive tackles. We need offensive linemen. The last couple of years when we were recruiting a position of need, we probably had two or three kids we were hoping to get. It seems like these guys are, like, scouring the country. They're in Ohio. They're going to the JUCO ranks. They're going everywhere and anywhere, pretty much letting them know, hey, we need four tackles. We need four offensive tackles. Where you at? You know, some kids were, you know, I think Donaldson's going to stick. I think we're going to fight him tooth and nail. I think he's going to stick. But we still need about two more. We need them heritage kids. Do you think we got a shot at them? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to make any predictions, but I, I do think that they have a shot. I definitely want that Slayton guy. And we need, we, we need a big guard to move around. I have to say that I am impressed by the job that Gosher has, uh, 74. He's done since he's been in the lineup. I've seen him pull him. I've seen him not getting blown up. Like our linemen were getting blown up at the end, at the beginning of the season. So, I, my hat's off to Coach Cyril and with the job that he's done with him with the patchwork lineup that he has on that end. Uh, before you put me on hold, I just need you to talk to me about the secondary recruiting, what that looks like. Tell me who we have out there. We need three cornerbacks. I don't know where they're going to come from. Talk to me a little bit about that to make me feel good so I can have a good Thanksgiving. And just keep me on hold. Okay. Well, um, you know you, you know that Trey John Bandy is committed. You know that DJ Dallas is committed. He's a potential cornerback. So you've got those two guys committed that are potential cornerbacks. Um, you've got Amari Carter committed. He's going to be a safety. And you've got Billy yep. Gibson committed. He's going to be a safety. Now, I think they're looking for maybe three more guys uh, to come on board. And, and they're weighing, you know, several. Um, they're still recruiting C.J. Henderson and Brian Edwards. We got to get They're both former commits. Yeah, Henderson's a you know he's a big deal, but you know can't make a prediction how that one's going to go. It, it, it could go either way. I mean, I think part of them wants to go to Miami, but part of them doesn't. So no predictions there. Think- but, uh, but 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 there, there's still a lot of active dialogue there. Um, there's a lot of active dialogue with Antoine Collier from Miami Southridge. Um, he's going to be in the class. He's going to be in the class. He's going to be in the class. What there's I want to know a, is, can we get a fifth-year transfer? Can we get, like, I'm sure they're looking from Alabama? Can we get somebody like that? I'm sure they're looking. I'm sure they're they're putting feelers out. I, I'm sure they, they would love to do that. Um, can we get a JUCO? Because we need somebody for spring practice. Yeah, That's what I'm I think, about. Yep, they're looking at JUCOs also. Uh, one of them is a kid by the name of Matt White from um, Asa College in Miami. 
Um, if he gets his grades together, he could get an offer. He's been talking with the coaches. Um, so th- there's a lot that could happen. And like I said earlier in the show, I think you're going to see some new names pop into the picture at defensive back over the next few weeks. All right. I appreciate it, Gary. Keep me on hold, man. But keep talking Diaz up, man. If you're a Kane fan, it has to be feel real good to watch our Kane play. Good, Diaz has been un- absolutely unbelievable. And, you know, when he got the job, and I talked to a bunch of people around the country, they didn't really talk him up that much. You know, he had kind of bounced around. He'd been at Mississippi State a couple times. He had busted out at Texas and Texas, um, yeah. was was known for, like, being a gambler who blitzed a lot and took chances and things like that. Let me tell you something. This guy, he's been a coordinator now 11 years. To my eye, he's totally reinvented himself. He, you know, he he's not a gambler. He, he's He's been very sound in his schemes. Um, you know, we know that the talent level on this team is not where it should be. I mean, you know, know. you know, you're talking about we were talking tonight about getting after the quarterback and stuff. And somebody called earlier and noted that they really haven't been a good pass rushing team, and they really haven't. I mean, Joe Jackson is the top sack guy. He's got five and a half sacks. Uh, mm-hmm. Chad Thomas has four and a half, and I don't think anybody's sitting here saying, "Man, Chad Thomas is unbelievable getting after the quarterback." Um, so, and 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 that's it. I mean, you know, from there, I mean, there's just nobody. I mean, hey, you know, Norton, Norton has one stack. Let me say this, this, stack. Um, me say this before, before you put me on hold. McIntosh when we get two. to when we, when we get to BCS Bowl, which we will, I believe, under this coaching staff, you're gonna see Diaz make that transition to being the head coach. I'm telling you. We don't have I, you know, I don't know that that's true. I, I don't know. I don't know that anyone's looking at him right now as a head coach. You know, why Gary, does everybody – Gary, Gary, in two, three years, Gary, when we had a conversation – Whoa, whoa, wait, time, out, time, out, time out, time out, right, time out, time out. Okay, just because a guy has a good year as a coordinator or as an assistant coach doesn't automatically, I mean, make them a head coaching candidate. I mean, it's not that easy. I mean, do you know how many years Kirby Smart – was the biggest, the greatest stud in the world at Alabama before he got a head coaching opportunity? I mean, many, many years. I mean, you don't – it doesn't happen just because you have one good year. I agree with I, I agree with that, Gary, but what I'm saying is this guy is coaching players that he hadn't recruited. He's coaching players that this ain't, these, these aren't his boys. When we get a chance to fill the defense with the cornerbacks that he brings in, the defensive linemen that we would like to see on the field, and the linebackers that we'd like to see, I'm telling you, it's just a matter of time. Now, I'm not, I, I really, really believe in time he's going to be a head coach. But I believe in time when he gets a chance to fill the type of athlete with the defense he wants to put on the field, we're going to impact the game from a defensive perspective. Not just from the offense. That's what I. That's the point I'm trying to make. I really see that happen. So. All right. Man, keep it on hold, man. Enjoy. Done the a show. great Have job. A no, no, done a great job. No question about it. I just, I just don't think you automatically become a head coaching candidate based on a, a good season in Miami, where where the team goes eight and four and isn't really playing for anything. I mean, that would be that would be shocking. I think Manny Diaz is going to be here for a while. I think he wants to be here for a while. I think he's he's done a phenomenal job this year. And 
is heading into the best years of his coaching career. So that's a good thing for Miami and Mark Richt. All right, let's go to the 954 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? 95411. Yeah, that's you. Who's this? Hey, it's JJ13. How's it going? Going on, JJ. What you got for us tonight? Ah, good talk show. Feeling better now that Miami's winning. Um, couple of things. So, the same thing one of the callers said. I was real impressed with number 74, Gauthier, and also um, Alex Gall. Like, we remember last year, Gall used to get blown up all the time by guys on the defensive line. So, to see those two rise to the occasion and kind of just maintain, it's been great. So, I wanted to find out from you, uh, what do you think about those two and how they've played the last couple of games? Much better. And, and, and Mark Rick's done a great job of uh, sort of tooling the offense towards taking a lot of pressure off of those guys. I mean, I, I thought there was, based on their skill set, there was way too much pressure on them. At, or earlier in the season, and and I think they got a little burned by that in the during that losing streak. And I, I think as he went through it, he, he went started going to a quick passing game, getting the ball out of Kaya's hands much quicker. And I think it's helped the offensive line enormously. I think you're seeing it by the performances. Um, the sacks haven't been an issue uh, since the Notre Dame game, and it's great all around. And, and yeah, you're right. You know, guys like Gall and Gauthier are are actually playing and not failing. Like, they're having some success, and that's a good thing. Oh, yeah, definitely. I've been you still can't play power football, though. I don't know if you noticed, when Mark Rick tried to play power football early in that game the other day, they were just getting killed. You can't do it. They, they, they don't have that kind of capability. This is a finesse offensive line. It's not a power offensive line. you got to use the pass to set up the run. If you do that successfully, then they'll be able to find some openings. I agree. Um, another, I guess, observation or something I wanted your take on because you watched them play a lot in the games. Uh, so the DBs with uh, Carter, Rashawn Jenkins, and um, uh, Elder, we all know Elder's been playing really good. What do you think of Carter, his play versus uh, Rashawn Jenkins? Like, I've been really impressed the whole year with Jenkins. He's always around making plays. Carter, when I've watched the games, and mind you, I missed a couple of games that they had, so I can't say – I've you know looked at them exclusively, but wanted to know what was your take on those two in particular, like what you thought of them, and you know between the safety play, and also Carter, where does Romeo Finley fit in for next year? Yep. Carter to me has had a really good year. He's been a physical presence, has made a bunch of tackles. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the the defensive stats right now. He's got uh, 66 tackles, which is second on the team to 69 by Shaq Quarterman. Uh-huh. Uh, so Carter's had a solid year. Um, I wouldn't say a great year, but a, a, a solid year. Um, Rayshon Jenkins, to me, has had a great year. Uh, I, I think he's been unbelievable uh, in kind of like a quiet way, um, has been making plays all, all over the football field. Uh, he's going to be he's going to be a pro. You watch. Rayshon Jenkins is going to play in the National Football League for several years. Um, I'll go out on the limb and say that Carter's got a shot too, but I think Rayshon has a little bit more range in pass defense than Jamal has, and um, that's a big deal in the NFL with those receivers. You've got to be able to make up ground um, very quickly there, and, and foot speed I don't think is Jamal Carter's strength, but uh, both guys to me have had really solid years. 
I agree. Everything you said, I agree. And yeah, Jenkins has really impressed me. I mean, a lot. So I like I what mean, I'm looking out of both. Carter teams. and Jenkins are two of the top four tacklers on the team, and third is Corn Elder. I mean, th- that's not ideal. <laughs> you know, you'd rather yeah. for linebackers and D linemen to be your leading tacklers, but um, you know, Pinkney's right there with 50 tackles, and um, but the, the, I think the DBs in general have been very well coached and have had a very good year. Agreed. Um, one last question, and then I'll let you go. Uh, so, on the recruiting front, I know another uh, caller had asked about the wide receivers. So, I had two questions. One, what was the latest update on uh, Devontae Smith? I know he was somebody that, you know, they were looking at and hoping he wouldn't go to Alabama. And the second person that I wanted your take on, whose name has never come up on any recruit, recruiting boards, why is Miami – I mean, maybe he's not interested, but why is Miami not have went after uh, James Robinson over in Lakeland? He's a tall receiver, and, like, I think at one point he was a five-star and he went down to a four. So what's your take on those two? And also, Robinson, why has he not been in the mix? Uh, can't answer on Robinson. I, I have no idea, you know, why they're not um, actively recruiting him. Uh, Devontae Smith, we've been, we've, we've been talking about. I mean, it's just been kind of – been kind of quiet um, on on him, and 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 you know he hasn't been saying a whole heck of a lot for what, for whatever reason, and um, I just I I wouldn't I don't feel anywhere near as strongly about him as I felt before the season. You know when we were talking to him before the season, it was sounding like he he was pretty serious about Miami, and it was it was it was believed to be Miami and Bama, Miami and Bama. Well. Um, you know he's he's just been been very very quiet throughout this entire season and hasn't been talking to anybody about recruiting us uh, since the beginning of September and uh, so we really have no idea w- what he's thinking right now. Do you think it had anything to do with? Uh, well, I know. Well, one of the things that I read was that you know, of course, with them having that uh, flood or something, I know that threw him off as far as I think being able to go to Miami for a visit or something. But the other thing was that with the coach getting fired at LSU and the other one, Ogeron doing decently well, a guy that I work with, his brother's like an assistant AD at uh, LSU, so I was asking him about the coaching. So he said, if Ogeron was able to win out right now, you know, the next couple of games it's a fair chance they could keep him, but I heard he was a really good recruiter. Do you think he got back in the mix with uh, Smith? I, I think, yeah. I think LSU's been in there. Um, I think Alabama is probably still the front runner. Um, I think, you know, Alabama's still in a decent position. I, I think that, you know, LSU has kind of polluted the waters a little bit, and I and I think Miami's still in there. But, um, you know, it's just it's just been really quiet for the last few months. And we try to reach him every week, and you know he's not taking calls, and hmm. you know, so I can, uh, I, you know, we 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 didn't. I mean, nobody's spoken to him since the beginning of the season. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I hope they're able to bring in between him or Hallam and one of the two. Um, I know somebody earlier mentioned about Dingle. I was looking at his stats for like the season. He's doing relatively well, and I I saw he said something like he was working on his feet. I think the main question about him was that. With him being like six one and one ninety, he might have been a little bit slow. But I mean, he's playing against you know top shelf competition and hanging in there. So I feel actually better about him than some may think. You know, and I'm thinking about his stats and also he's coming to play 
right now, you know, and his team's still deep in the playoffs. Yeah, he said he hasn't been talking to Miami coaches a lot, That he's not, but he's not panicking over it. But that's not a great sign. So we're going to have to try to figure out what's going on there. In fact, I'm going to, um, you know, reach out to Aubrey Hill, who's the head coach there, who used to coach at Miami, and um, see, see what he thinks about uh, about the Dingle recruitment. But, uh, you know, I don't know. He's still on the commit list, but it's just been looking like they're kind of cooling on him for whatever reason. Hmm. Gotcha. Well, that was all for me, Gary, but uh, thanks a lot, and go Canes. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show. All right, 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048 is the number. Let's go to the um let's go to the 305 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hi Gary, how are you today? Doing great. Who's this? Adam. Hey, what's up Adam? How you been? What's what do you got for us this week? A couple questions. First, on the basketball front, if you don't mind. Um, A, what a huge win by Coach L getting Lonnie Walker out of Reading. Unbelievable. What a a huge coup. I I mean, Coach Rick could take a lesson, and I didn't think I'd say this about recruiting from Coach L. Because Uh, it looks like for the second. It's not fair. No, it's not. not. Come on. It's not. I mean, you, you, you know, is, two different, two totally yeah. different things. Mark, Mark Richton, his career has recruited plenty of four stars and five stars. Um, he's just getting started <laughs> at Miami. They're going to have to win to really yeah. be total, totally on the map with the um, national kids. But it's yeah. not fair to compare. Yeah. Just to, you know, just say Coach L is doing an unbelievable job and his staff <laughs> without trying to compare no, him he, to the Football, okay, it's not I, I, I shouldn't have. That was my mistake. But what I'm yeah, saying is it looks like – No, it, it's definitely not. But it looks like for the second year in a row, Miami's landed a McDonald's All-American. And I can't remember if that's ever happened. That program has been looked, unbelievably. Um, um, really quick, on the basketball front, has there been any talk from Miami on redshirting Rodney Miller? Because I, they looked, can't. I don't think he played it – they can't. Yeah, he, he played. He played the other day. Um, he's going to continue to play. They just can't. They don't have the bodies. They they need him. Um, they're going to need to get minutes, okay. some minutes out of him, and, and they can't redshirt him. It which is a shame. Oh, okay. He needs the red. He needed a redshirt year. Yeah, he's because done, I was thinking with. Um, I can't. I don't remember. I can't pronounce his last name with his spooky. Hopefully, I'm not butchering that. And then Tuol, and then you could move the Lawrence and Murphy to play the four or five, then you have four deep there. So I was wondering if it was possible to redshirt him. Right now, no, no. They're, they're playing them. They don't have a choice. They, uh, they've only got ten, uh, ten guys. Uh, okay. Um, uh, really uh, quick, another really impressive win by the team up at NC State last week. Unbelievable how well this defense has really turned it around in one year. Um, uh, really quick. Um, I was wondering because at the same time last year, we had the same exact record we do now going into the Duke game. Um, have you seen since you're there every day, like a difference because the players are the same, like even a difference in the offense, because it looks like the offense this year is a lot better than last year. 
You know, it, it, it's weird because the record's not better. Um, you know, I'm, I'm actually in the middle of working on a column on this subject, but uh, uh, the record isn't the record isn't better. And you know, at the end of the day, that's the bottom line: how many games you win, how yeah. many games you lose. But if this team wins Saturday and they finish eight and four and finish the year like they've been playing the last few weeks and go to a decent bowl game. Um, I'm sorry, this 8-4 and four just feels a lot different and a lot better than the last couple 8-4s. and fours. And, uh, you know, so I think it is different. And, and, and I think that there's just a better feeling about where the program's going. I think there's a better feeling about the job that this coaching staff is turning in, uh, even though they had the bad month. And they weren't <laughs> blameless. The coaches weren't blameless in that month. Um, you know, I mean, you know, it wasn't just the kids. I mean, they're in it together. Um, you still have the feeling that the program, top to bottom, is in a better place right now than it was a year ago. And so I think this 8-4 and four is just different and better than that 8-4. and four. Okay. Um, also, because it seemed like last year's 8-4, and four, we actually had an easier schedule than this year. So that also might have played uh, into it as well. I mean, I don't know. I didn't think that this schedule was that bad, to be honest with you. I mean, the, every game they've, they, they've played has been winnable. Every single one. Yeah, that, in, in, including the ones where they didn't play well, like Carolina and Virginia mm-hmm. Tech. Those games were not winnable. I mean, yeah. they're they're every bit as good as those teams. They just didn't play well yeah. on those days. You know, they didn't, they didn't beat true. them. They, they didn't play well enough on those days for whatever reason. But, but – you know, you're not you wouldn't trade rosters with Virginia no. Tech. You wouldn't trade rosters with North Carolina. No. Um, and just a couple quick uh, recruiting questions. It looks like um, there was nothing to see here with De- Deontay Johnson because, again, there were. I think it was an article earlier this week about the decommitment rumors. Yeah. And it was it was more just him being allowed to take visits, right? So there's still no fear of him decommitting. Yeah, we think it's okay. We th- we think it's okay. But when these okay. kids are taking visits, you just never know what's going to happen, you know. And and Washington, for example, is having a great season, and those coaches, mm-hmm. you know, are sitting right there saying, Deontay, what in the world are you thinking? You you got you could come here to Washington. We got everything going. We're one of the top teams in the country. Why do you need to go all the way to the other side of the country to go to Miami? I mean, it's a compelling argument, you know. It's like so, yeah. so that's recruit that's recruiting and and you know early commitments got to be held on to. Yeah, um, and a couple. Um, who else um, are we looking at receiver? I know um, it looks like. Even like Dingle, I don't know what's going on with him. And even it looks like Njoku's taking visits. So, yeah, I don't think you have to worry about there. Njoku. I think he's going to stick. Um, I think they got a really good chance at Holloman. Um, what about we'll see, Hartley? You know, uh, I think they got a good Isn't... chance there if they really, really want him. And, and then I also think that if they get all these DBs that they're looking at, that they might put DJ Dallas at receiver. You never know. Do you, uh, okay. Um, and um, that's an option. DJ Dallas can play receiver or DB. Okay. Um, do you um, do you think that we could? I mean, even with this roster, I, I noticed that Michael Irvin the second played against NC State. I think he was in for a couple plays. 
do you think it's possible that we could convert him from tight end to receiver as well? To build I don't up think so. I don't think so. No, I think he's okay. a straight H H back tight end. Okay. And, Remember, you got Cager. Um, you got you got Cager coming back next year. You still got Amon Richards. Um, you still have Dayall Harris. You <laughs> still have Braxton Berrios. Um, you still have um, you know some of the. Do you think we other... could convert Gray? Um, I can't remember his last name. Like Trayon Gray, Gray, I think it is. I don't know. Do you think I don't we could convert him? I don't know. I I I don't know how he, he's going to be a receiver, but I don't know. No, I you mean know, right? because we're stacked at running back. Because yeah, I understand. I don't see Yerby going pro. I can't predict right now that he's going to be a receiver and be able to play. Uh, I mean, we'll see. Okay. I mean, it, it, you know, I'm not saying they're not going to experiment with it in spring practice, but we have no idea right now. That's something okay, I'm and, sure they uh, And a couple more questions. One, um, are we still recruiting that kid Johnson, the linebacker? Because I know we now have yes. three solid running back commits or linebacker yes. commits. Gary Johnson, yes. They they absolutely are recruiting him. Uh, he was going to go to Alabama, uh, couldn't get in academically because they wouldn't accept one one of his classes. So he won't be going to an SEC school. Uh, he's going to visit Miami uh, in mid January. Okay, and then um, real quick, are there any new DBs besides like Matt White? Um, is it possible that we could get Henderson back in the fold? Yes, um, they're, working, they're working that, him very hard. I, I think what you're going to see is Edwards and Henderson, they're going to work, continue to work really hard. But if those kids don't come back and recommit by mid-December, I think you're going to see them mm-hmm. turn their attention in other directions. I mean, you know, they're not going to wait forever. They've been recruiting these kids for months and months. Well, isn't there a kid from Southridge, um, I think his name's Collier, who said he's yeah. willing to wait on an offer? Yep. Antoine, and he seems Antoine, like a kid. Yep, Antoine Collier. Yep. He seems like a kid we could offer late and he'd still commit. Correct. I mean, that's just my sense from reading the articles. And um, You're right. could he play? Or is he like one of those flyers that the old staff took in the past? Like, um, a- I'd have to study him a little harder to give you a, a, a real opinion on that. I have not, I have not studied him that hard. To this point, I don't want to. Okay. I don't want to give you an opinion that's not well founded. I mean, okay. he's not top. Um, he's not a top tier recruit. You know, I mean, he was committed to Illinois. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he he'd prefer to go to Miami. They're 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 looking at him. They're evaluating him against everything else they're recruiting. Do I think he's a priority? No. Not right now. I don't. I I think that they'd rather get Edwards back. I think they'd rather get. Henderson back. I, I think that there's going to be some other guys that are going to emerge here in the in the next few weeks that are you know very okay. top top level defensive backs that are probably and, would be higher on the board than Antoine Collier. But you okay. know, could he be like a Sheldrick Redwine or Robert Knowles that hung on with Miami until uh, the final week of recruiting and then and then got their scholarship? He could. Yeah. Oh, and uh, last thing, what about the kid from Miramar, not Edwards, the other kid? Roach, Roach? I think it is. Are we still looking at him? He's in the same boat. Is he currently committed anywhere else? Um, I believe he's still committed to Louisville. Okay. 
I mean, Louisville's a top program too, and that's the yeah, thing I mean. yeah. But you got you got to understand, there's a lot of defensive backs in the state of Florida. Yeah, that and, that's true. You know, I mean, yeah, and and the, the the job of the coaches is to stack them up mm-hmm. and evaluate them all and create a pecking order, and that's their job. So okay. if you have a pecking order, for example, and you're recruiting, let's say, guys one through ten that are on your board, mm-hmm. and another guy is at number seventeen. You're not going to mm-hmm. you're not committing to number seventeen until you're done playing it out with one through ten, right? I mean yeah. that's their job. So that's you know mm-hmm. that's the way it works. Oh okay. Well, thanks for taking my call. Have a happy and healthy holidays, and you speak too. to you again next week. You got it, man. Thanks, thanks for being part of the show. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the nine seven three. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, what's going on? Thanks for taking the call. Ross, Jersey. Hey, what's up, Ross? How you doing this week? What's going on, man? Um, enjoying the show. Got in there a little late. Um, had a few things I had to do tonight and trying to get in, trying to get in. I finally got a chance to come in. But um, enjoying the conversation, man. But, um, you know, um, you mentioned the fans was getting on rump and talking about him and not being happy. Um Agree, but one of the reasons why they was doing that is because they did, they were a little annoyed with the fact that at first he wasn't getting his guys. It wasn't about his coaching. He wasn't getting his guys to kind of like look at the program. I think majority of us was just annoyed by that. I don't think they was ever questioning can he coach. They thought he was a little young, but you got to do that. You got to bring guys in that could coach and have something in the community and give him a shot, and he's proven his, his worth. But they was concerned that guys that he's coached, guys that he's probably coached in other leagues and stuff, wasn't looking at Miami. So that was a concern. So just to kind of like, you know, piggyback on what you was talking about, that the fans was getting on him, they were never getting on his coaching. They was getting on the possibility that yeah, he's I understand. not I understand. guys to look at him. Just want to clarify that a little bit, you know, because sometimes things are being said and it's not about his coaching. So he's done a great job coaching. But I think we still need to be proven that he could bring guys in. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. Okay. All right. Talk about um um Dallas, the Georgia kid that's coming in. It's critical because we could use them on both side, either side. I think if we could bring in difference makers, you know, like evidence. You know, what's your feeling on evidence? Is, is evidence a burner, or he's a no. possession receiver? What's He's a big kid. Okay. He's, a lot, he's similar to his brother. He's a tall, lanky kid that can go up and mm-hmm. get it. Because um, yeah. I'm in you know, Jersey, I and those, I wanted your opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I see why they're taking him. I mean, they, you know, you, you like to get some big receivers. Oh, no, we're taking him. I think he's a quality kid. I, I think, you know, there's a few guys that seems that's coming at him last minute trying to throw him off and trying to have him come to, you know, I that Penn State may try to get involved in some of these other programs still. But – I think we're going to end up with him. But my question is, if we could get a difference maker on that side of the ball, I mean, a straight burner, then I think Dallas goes over to the defense. And Gary, if he comes over to the defense, to have him and Brandy on opposite side. I yeah, think, well, I think right now alpha, the plan is for him to play defense. But well, two it looks for the, dogs like that. Wait one second. I'm, Ross, you know, as I sit here and I personally analyze this thing, I'm seeing a lot mm-hmm. more defensive backs on the board. 
than I'm seeing mm-hmm. receivers. So I'm just okay. opening the possibility that if they get a bunch of these corners and, and kids to commit and they load up on DBs this year, which they might, then possibly DJ Dallas goes to offense. I know. I know. Well, they, he's a difference maker there. But I almost I just feel like the, the alpha dog that he is, the fact that you know Brandy he's considered he considered himself the best. So you know Dallas is coming in with a certain swag too. Because he has yep. a certain swag about him. He considered him to be the best at what he's trying to it do. Is. Brandy with yep. that attitude. Now we're back to in a couple of years down the road along whatever the mix that we already have now. Make, imagine bringing in those type of guys. Everybody stay out of trouble. You bring that type of attitude and practice, competing, talking. So, talking yeah. each other I mean, up. those two kids—they love to compete. You know, they they got that dog in them, no doubt. Um, not the biggest kids in the world, okay? That's right. So you know, don't get don't get don't get too crazy before they even are out of high school. Let's see how they show up. No, Let's but I'm see how about they, the, no, no, I'm not saying they're going. But they have the attitude. You're absolutely right. The attitude's there. Can remember this now. Listen, give 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 Golden them credit when they fought Elder, and I was one of the guys that was saying, "Oh, wait a minute!" But he also has an alpha dog attitude too. He also had a, a feel about himself, like he's one of the best kids. Remember, he was an athlete in basketball. And he was an athlete he in football. He was, he, yeah, he was Mr. Yeah, but Tennessee. He was ten, but, but he was he was also a Tennessee. He was a Tennessee dog. Remember, he played. He was one of the better kids that came out of Tennessee. He was just like a little under. He was a little under recruited, if you really think about it. And that's what he, he's he supposed to do. He, he also was very undersized. He was smaller, you know. Um, it, it it took him a few years to 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 kind of get stronger and and mm-hmm. develop the the confidence and everything. But obviously, he's been great this year. Exactly, and guys, other kids and players are going to look at what he's doing and saying, "We could go in there and do that, and we might have we might have, be a little more athletic than him, and in a couple of years, we could be better players." And now it's hard to be better than him. Because he's been nothing but solid. But if you think about it, we bring. I just, I'm just excited that we could bring two alpha type personalities on either side of the ball. With Gary, whether they're small or not, it's just what I, what they're bringing to practice and what they're bringing to the team. And then you have other guys who are developing. You have the kid that's coming from California at his position. You're bringing in guys who really feel like they're difference makers. And, and with the attitude, now we can get back to having an attitude. Even though we we we're playing well on defense, but I still see certain quiet guys. Not a lot, of, not a guys making noise. They're making solid plays. We're getting the job done. But difference makers, straight dogs, straight dogs, and that's what and that's what I actually want on that defense again. Straight dogs. I'm excited about that part of it. If we could bring in straight dogs, and also if we could get a couple of those guys on the offensive line too, guys are going to come at you and block you 30 yards down the field. And, and those are the things that I want to be excited about, bringing in alpha males in that locker room that means something. Talk a little bit on that. Oh, I can't disagree with you at all. I mean, obviously, I mean, this team doesn't have a lot of those kind of kids right now. I can't think of yeah, that. And, and, <laughs> that's, and that's what I'm saying. We're playing solid defense, but I still don't see that. So, that you're that, playing you know, solid defense, but you're not playing alpha dog defense. Yeah, we're like, not like that, we're like not what like that. like when you turn on the TV and you watch Alabama play defense. That's alpha exactly. dog defense. You know, yeah, they, they don't have they have alpha out there. And to be honest, as much as I hate to say this, oh, as much as I hate to say this, and I think they've come down a little bit this year. I don't know what happened, but it, 
the Clemson, how they play defense, that they are going to smack you in the mouth and talk shit to you. I mean, excuse me, on first talk, talk junk to you after they do it. Like the kid, um, Boldwood. So we're on the internet. You can, get away. you can get away with that on this show. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah, but I don't want to overdo it either because, you know, no, I have, I have you. other people that. But no, what I'm saying, I have <laughs> guys who so want like, to tune in. You don't have to out or anything, boss, is what I'm saying. But, yes, you know, Gary, I got guys who I'm telling to tune in and, and listen because I like your show and I want them to. And some of them are a little younger, and I don't want them. I don't want them to hear me curse. When I get passionate about stuff, and I'm passionate about my canes, you know, I called you since day one. Super yes, excited sir. about you have a show like this that we can live, we can actually call in and express ourselves. When we don't get cut off right away, we can talk about it a little bit. You know, you may, me and you got into it about the offensive line, and you know, we've had a good relationship after that. <laughs> so, so I'm just passionate, yeah. I'm just super passionate about. I want alpha type personalities on this team where you. You, you turn on the TV and the game's about to come on, and the announcers can't wait to talk about that line. Well, we got the linebackers. There's certain guys who just come, they stand out immediately. They immediately stand out. And like I always say on this show, and I'm going to keep saying it, we have to get back to not letting the Clemsons, the Florida, and the Florida State get any more of our guys that we really need to have. We got it starting next year. We gotta start closing on that because that's going to make the difference as far as what we're doing and getting above that ten win dominant being talked about and God's fair fair playing us again. And also, just let me get this in. And I, I know we probably shouldn't. This probably bad karma, but I, I, I'm smiling right now. What's going on with Notre Dame? Because I know when we was in trouble, they were smiling at us. You know, and I hope they get whatever they got coming to them. That's just. You know, I have no love for Florida, Florida State, Notre Dame, and Clemson. Because when we was going through our bad time, those teams talked bad about us, and they they they, they negative recruited us. And um, that's that's what I gotta say. You know, you could keep me on hold. All right, Ross. Thank you as always for being part of the show. All right, guys. Last week I told you about this big cooler that showed up at my front door. One of the perks, I guess, of being the host of Kane Sport Live and um, opened it up. It was from Omaha Steaks. Had all kinds of stuff in it. Filet mignons, top sirloins, pork chops, sausages, burgers. Well, tonight, before the show, I was hungry. I went to the freezer, opened the door, and staring me right in the face were these all-beef Italian meatballs. And I, I took them out. I gave them to the wife. I had her cook them up, tossed them with some spaghetti, and had a great dinner before the show to load up on carbs and give me all the energy I need to get through three hours of Kane's talk tonight. And uh, it's been a great experience for me, being able to sample all these products from Omaha Steaks. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about it now and um, also tell you about another holiday offer that they have because I know um, with Black Friday coming up and Cyber Monday and it's the kickoff of the holiday shopping season, and you, your wives, girlfriends, everybody's looking around for that unique gift that they can give someone who means a lot to them. And um, This is a unique idea, something a little bit different that people don't usually get for the holidays that you're able to consider, and that's Omaha Steaks and this wonderful package that they've put together for listeners of Kane Sport Live. And, um, you know, for only forty nine ninety nine, 
you can get what they're calling the family gift pack when you go to omahasteaks.com and you enter in our code CSL. That's the Kane Sport Live code CSL in the search bar. You enter it, you're going to get everything I'm going to tell you about for 49.99, which is 77% off the regular price. And uh, just listen to this, what's in the family gift pack. Two filet mignons, two top sirloins, two boneless pork chops, four boneless chicken breasts, four kielbasa sausages, four hamburgers, that 12-ounce package of all-beef meatballs that I had for dinner tonight, four potato au gratin side dishes, four caramel apple tarts, tartlets for dessert, an Omaha steak seasoning packet for when you're cooking it all up, and they'll throw in an extra four sausages for free. So that's the family gift pack, the ideal holiday gift. Now, um, you know, why would you order from Omaha Steaks, you ask? Well, they have great steak experiences that you can have in your home, the most flavorful, tender aged beef. Plus, they have seafood, poultry, pork, veal, lamb, veggies, desserts, appetizers, even pastas, soups, special seasonings for all those dishes, sausages, I mean sauces, rather, and so much more. They have over 500 gourmet gift ideas and the highest quality cuts and ingredients, one-of-a-kind flavor, convenient and quick shopping for those on your list. All their meats are aged for 21 days to unlock the full flavors of the cuts, hand-trimmed and vacuum-sealed individually so that you can, you can put them in the freezer and take them out as you need them. And if you go online on their website, they'll even give you recipes, wine pairings, and so much more. So I encourage you, when you get into your shopping this weekend and next week, go to omahasteaks.com. You enter the Cane Sport Live code CSL in the search bar. Add the family gift pack to your cart and get a 77% savings. It's, it's the holiday gift that's absolutely guaranteed to be a hit. So Omaha Steaks, code CSL, you save 77%. On that family gift pack with all those items I just told you about, $49.99, an absolutely wonderful deal. And I'm glad that Omaha Steaks was able to bring it to you as a listener of Kane Sport Live. All right, we're down to the last 50 minutes of show for the evening. The number is 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out now to the 910. You are live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? Going once, going twice. All right, you're going to have to call back. Let's go out to the 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Here, how you doing tonight? Doing great. Who's this? At uh, Everything 305. Call on. Checking in with you again. Another hey, what's great up, man? show. How you been? No, nothing much. Doing doing well. Doing well. Just very happy with the progress they've made the last couple of weeks, and and uh, again impressed with uh, a couple of youngsters on the offensive line coming in and, and, and playing well and, and contributing. Um, it, it leads to, it leads me to believe, Garrett. I think I mentioned this last week. Linda must have been pretty hurt. Uh, there's a, just a drastic difference, and in terms of athletic ability and overall talent, you know, Gall, I never thought was was more of a 
of a superior player than he was, but uh, you've been able to see what a healthy kid can do, and and I think the interior got better in the last two weeks. But uh, even though we had a first a tough first half against NC State, that's a very nice defensive front they have. But overall, impressed with some of these young kids and them stepping up. Yeah, was is that a is it, you asking that as a question? No, yeah, I, I got a I got a question for you. Um, overall, uh, last couple of weeks, I uh, haven't heard too much on Devon and um, anything you've heard recently on him the past uh, past week and a half. On who? On Devon Donaldson. Oh, Nalon. Um Yeah, I think everything's the status quo there. You know, I mean, hold your breath for a few more weeks. He's supposed to be an early entry. Um, he, he's being wined and dined by Florida State, Florida, Carolina. Um, street agents are buzzing about Florida, so I don't know. You know, we'll see. I mean, I, I think if all things stay the way they are right now, he goes to Miami. But like I've been saying yeah. from the beginning, you got to hold your breath right to the end on this one. Uh, the one thing that's really curious to me, I, I just I know he's he's got some type of fascination with USC. He's 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 got an interest there, and, and I know they're starting to really come together. Um, and I'm hoping they're not going to be able to uh, to get. If they get him out there on a visit in the next couple of weeks, I'm, I'm going to be very concerned because they're starting to make that that turn, and he's done that so far after starting one and three, I believe. But uh, that's one school that really concerns me more so than the other ones in the state. I'd be most worried about. Um, I, I I personally think you should be most worried about the Gators. Gators. Well, it'd be, it'd be nice to see them lose this weekend and then get destroyed by Alabama, and then maybe we get a chance to play them in the bowl game. That would be just a great opportunity. And they have a little bit more depth than we do in defense, but I think overall, offensively, they they really don't present a challenge. I think it's it's a good matchup for us. Um, have you looked that far ahead in, in terms of how that could impact recruiting, uh, both positively and negatively? No, I mean, but like I said, it's I, I, it's it's important to me. You finish eight and four. Uh, that's there's a big difference between eight and four and seven and five. Just in the feeling around the program, winning the last game, getting a good bowl game, and even more significantly, not just a good bowl game, but a good opponent. And the better the bowl game you go to, the better the opponent's going to be. Um, I just think that's all very, very, very significant for this program right now. And and go I, win a bowl game. You know, sh- do something you haven't done in a while. Go win a bowl I think game. You just made a great point. I think you just made a really good point. We have to worry first and foremost about Duke on Saturday. It being yeah, you a, just do, a, a holiday one week and all that. Mediocre bowl games. Yeah, I'm gonna say something about that, Coach. Uh, no questions. Have not said reputation, but. We mentioned, I think earlier someone mentioned about we really haven't had our DBs get, get burned a lot and not play well besides the uh, the big kid from uh, North Carolina who did a nice job against us, especially against Red Wine. Um, but I'm going to say to him, I, I think this week look for him to try to expose Malik Young as best as he can. Uh, we've seen that from a couple of opponents. Uh, our front seven is doing such a nice job that they're really hiding some of the deficiencies back there. I don't know how many uh, many of us really see the entire picture, but that's definitely been a huge help for us, uh, the front seven being able to cover some things up. But let's just got to have an outstanding game plan against us. Uh, he's, he's definitely one of the best, best minds that's out there in college football, especially in terms of game plan. Yeah. 
Um, and and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about that. this week because they they played terrible last week, and 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 he wasn't happy at all. Um, I actually yeah. was able to watch his press conference this week, and uh, you know, David Cutcliffe is one of the better coaches in the country, and and yep. as badly as they played at Pitt, you know that he didn't get a lot of sleep the last few days, and he's been working overtime game planning for this game coming up because he doesn't want his team to go out uh, the way they went out against Pittsburgh. He doesn't want to see the same thing at Miami. And remember now, this is a team um, that beat Notre Dame. Uh, This is a team that beat Carolina, uh, teams that Miami lost to. So um, I don't understand how the the odds makers in Vegas have made them 15-point underdogs. I'm not sure where that's coming from. Well, and the thing that I look at <laughs> to add to your <laughs> beleaguerment with uh, with Vegas is this is their bowl game. This is their bowl game. They're not going to be eligible for a bowl game, even if they you know. So this is it. They, I mean, this is their bowl game. This is the whole season in one game, and I mean they're going to stick to their basic routine. Yeah, they're going to have Thanksgiving, but they're not. They're going to be on the road, so they're going to have a different mental approach to things. I think you're a little bit more focused when you're going on the road. And uh, with the young team that we have, that's got to be a big concern, um, them being focused and ready to play. Uh, but, you know, so far so good. But uh, Saturday will let us know. Uh, on the recruiting front, also I wanted to touch upon, someone mentioned earlier that uh, that, that we were not happy, you know, many of us were, or some of us were not happy with Mike Rounds early on since he came on board and, and the impact he had on recruiting, especially with his own kids at Heritage, and that some of us were questioning, you know, the quality of coach he is. I, you know, I've been on this board for, for many months now pointing out what a great teacher he is. i got a good friend of mine that went out there to a couple of practices um, and who's, who knows who knows the quality coach when he sees one. And, and, and the, the guy is, is, is really improved. I think all those kids play – and I know Malik has not been perfect, but you've seen a kid who's come in really raw with really bad angles and not the greatest hips, and he's gotten better and better every week. And I know it's throughout the entire throughout the entire defense that you've seen that, but I think he's a quality coach, a quality teacher here. Oh, my God. Like, Malik, I mean, you're talking about a kid. He's an undersized freshman who was on the scout team at the beginning of the year who's now starting. And yeah. he's playing. I don't know if you noticed, but he's playing physical too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think the, I think this guy's a great teacher. I've always said that. I, I just don't think the philosophy, the approach he has is, you know, hey, you want to be with us? That's great. If you don't, then you know, I'm not going to kiss your butt. You know, I'm going to move on. And I understand that. But in, in today's uh, recruiting world, that approach gets you fired. You've got to be able to work these kids, to give them the love, give them the attention, do all those things. It's a around the clock job. And I, I, that's not that's not his philosophy. That's just not his approach. And I think if if he's able to go ahead and, and kind of adapt a little bit to the situation, and, and Bonda has done a nice job of working with him, trying to, I guess, teach the the contemporary ropes of recruiting. Uh, and so is Coach Cool. I think he's 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 evolving there. But you know, we just don't have time. And that's the one thing that many of us have pointed out: there isn't enough time. We need to get these kids to stay home. And uh, even though CJ, in my opinion, projects like an offensive player, losing him still hurts. Uh, we've got to keep these kids at home and find a way to, to maximize as much athleticism as we can 
and that he can develop those kids down the road. You don't have to wait. You know, you don't have to play immediately. You can you can wait until you develop and get stronger and get more physical and, and learn the defense and have a chance to, to adapt, you know, progressively instead of being thrown into the mix. There aren't too many guys who can do that. And, um, you know, the, his teaching hopefully will be an example of these kids to say, look, this is what I can do with kids that are at this level. Imagine what I can do with you. Hopefully that translates into that. Yep. All right, you got anything else this week? No, Gary, just wanted to, again, thank you for, for having the show every week. You have a great time listening to it. And, and again, we, we really appreciate the service, and hopefully we'll we'll be talking next Tuesday and we'll all be happy trying to figure out where, where we're going to be headed for a bowl game. You got it, man. Hey, thanks for calling in. We'll talk to you next Take week. Take care, Gary. Yep. Let's go out to the 515. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Hey, who's this? This is Gibby. Hey, how you been, man? Good. We haven't how heard so. We haven't heard from you in a while. How's everything going? Yeah, pretty good. I'm just uh, busy taking care of a two-year-old. So, so what do you think? What do you, what do you what do you have for us this week? Well, uh, so I just hear, hear me out here. I want I want to hear what you what you think about this. But uh, you know, so. So let's say we we take care of business this weekend. We beat Duke. Um, actually, I'm not surprised by the 15 point spread. If you you know look at the advanced statistics, um, you know Miami looks a lot better. I, we're almost you know top 25 across all the advanced rankings. But um, so let's assume we beat Duke, and then we go on to uh, play a quality you know let's say SEC or, or Big Ten team in a bowl game. Let's say we win that, finish nine and four, almost certainly. We'll uh we'll finish ranked in the top twenty five for the first time since I don't know when. Um, you know, we don't lose a lot of talent. We lose Stacey Coley on the on the offensive side. That's our biggest loss. Uh I think there's a question right now no, about whether Don't minimize David Isadora. And... Isadora's yeah, a big loss too. Isadora I, certainly, certainly I know I know loss. he gave up that, that block extra point against Florida State, but Isidore is a big loss. He's a guy that started for four years. And there's obviously question marks on the offensive line, but I, I like what I've been seeing the last couple of weeks. Um, I think there's something to build off of there. Uh, but we lose we lose Coley. I think there's some questions right now about whether uh, David Njoku is, is going to uh, go pro. I think, um, you know, I guess the word on the street is that the staff is really concerned about it and Quite honestly, I think he's got a chance that even if he goes out right now, he could go and probably in the third round. Um, but, yeah, but uh, you don't leave to it, go in the it, third round. No, but I, I don't. I don't know how much higher he could go. He he could go in the second round. If you look at it, it's kind of it's kind of criminal that he's that he's not a finalist for the Mackey Award. Go look at the statistics of the three finalists for the Mackey Award, and and Joku has better stats across the board than all of them. Um, I think they haven't really been able to get him the ball down the field this year for whatever reason. I, you know, I don't know, I don't know why. I, I you know, whether they had it at times and there were sacks, or you know, Kyat is wasn't seeing him or went to somebody else. Or, but you know, there's only so many footballs to go around with um, Richards and Coley getting as many looks as they're getting. You know, I don't know what the reason is, but they haven't really been able to go down the field as much as you might have thought they would with Nijoku. And, um, I, you know, I think that's something that he could still show a lot of next year. And I, I think he still has a lot of upside. He can get stronger. 
Um, you know, I don't think he has the body right now to play tight end in the NFL. Uh, I don't know that he has the speed to play receiver in the NFL. So, so right now he's, he's still a little bit of a tweener. Um, that said, I do think he will be an NFL player for a long time. I think, I think that teams will find ways to use him. Um, but I think he could benefit from coming back. I hope he does. I, I agree. I hope he comes back. I'd so hate to see him go out now and, and be a third-round draft pick. That'd be kind of silly. Yeah. So let's assume you know, we we lose Coley, but but uh, Njoku and and Kaya come back. Defensive side of the ball, we lose Elder, and you know I agree with a, an earlier caller who said he's the best player on the team. He he is. He's by far the best player on this team. Um, but at the same time, I think Rump has his he's he's done. He's a close second there with what Diaz has done in terms of uh, a coaching performance this year. His his performance and what he's done with that secondary with the with the lack of talent and, and the youth has been pretty mir- miraculous. Um, so we return the entire three deep in the uh, in the front seven. I think I don't I don't think it's a stretch to say that uh, that front seven is probably going to be the top returning front seven in the ACC next year, quite possibly, you know, top 10 in the country. It's, it's a good front seven. I mean, you know, yeah, it is. I'd like to, I'd like to see them get better rushing the quarterback though, Skibby. I mean, you know, look at Joe Joe Jack, look at Joe Jackson. I mean, I think, you know, people, the knock on him coming in was people thought that he was a little soft. Um, You know, he's come in, hasn't played, you know, it's not like he he didn't come in like uh, like that kid from Texas A and M his freshman year and you know play basically every single down. Um, he's gotten better and better throughout the season. He's going to get another year in the weight room. I think he's got a chance to be the best pass rusher Miami's had in, in quite some time. Um, you know, we've got we've got good interior linemen. Chad Thomas is is solid against the run. You know, not spectacular rushing. Um, Demetrius Jackson has, has I think, outperformed what people thought he was going to be. He's a lot more athletic than people, I think, people gave him credit for. But that front seven is going to be good. Um, you know, it's a it's a really good defense this year. Uh, next year, yep, we've got some issues potentially in the secondary. I think that we're going to be okay there. I think the improvement in the front seven is going to help continue to help mask you know, potentially some deficiencies there. I think Malik Young is showing drastic improvement. I think he's got a good chance to to be a really strong starter next year. Um, so let's say we, you know, we we beat Duke, we we beat a team in the we win our bowl game with what we've got returning. Do you think it's crazy to think that heading into the season next year, barring any other barring any injuries, that Miami comes in as a preseason top fifteen team? Yeah, I think I don't think it's out of the question, especially if Kaya comes back, you know, which I think he will. You know, cause people yeah, are going to so look at, all, at everything, at every, at all the talent they have coming back, and 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 figure that they'll be one of the favorites in the ACC. Yeah, I, 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 I'd say I don't top think, twenty. Honestly, I don't know if they'll make the top fifteen, but they'll, you know, top twenty. I when when you look at it, when you look at every other team just looking at the ACC you you look at what other teams are losing um you know Florida State might be losing their coach um they're certainly going to lose their best player um i mean with with Dalvin Cook goes 
FSU's entire offense. Um, you know, we're bringing back, I think, the best wide receiver in, in the ACC, um, in Amon Richards. Um, I think – I don't think it's a stretch to say that Miami's – I think it's probably going to be between Miami and probably Louisville, um, but there's a good shot that, that, uh, that we get voted um, the favorite to win the ACC next year. Clemson some people might a lot as well. Some people might go in that direction. Clemson will be losing Watson. Uh, they'll be losing uh, Tankersley in the secondary. They lose Bullware. They're going to be losing Gallman. Um, so I, I mean, a lot of those teams in the, AC, the ACC is going to be a little bit down next year. Obviously, Louisville's got um, Lamar Jackson coming back, but as we saw last week, that Louisville team is maybe a bit of a mirage. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm extremely bullish and, uh, optimistic about, about this team next year. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about is there's been some talk about Travis Homer, um, potentially testing him out at at cornerback, um, which I think, you know, given the physicality that he's shown, in special teams, I can I can see why why people might be intrigued by that prospect. Personally, I hope they keep him at running back. I think, I think they'll keep him at running back. Be, I think he's got a chance to be a star. He is the fastest running back on the roster, I think, by far. Um, we saw a little bit of him. Obviously, he had that fumble in, in the first game. That was a bit disappointing. He hasn't gotten a carry since then. Um, but the way that he hit the hole in those those few carries that he got. Uh, we haven't seen a running back hit, hit the hole like that in, in quite some time. Um, I think he's got a chance to be really special. And I, I think people have been saying he doesn't really, he doesn't have a running back body, but I don't know what people are seeing, but the, the kid has bulked up tremendously. It, yeah. What have you been seeing from him, you know, and watching, pra- watching the little bits of practice that you've seen? Um. You know, pretty much what you're seeing. You know, I I agree with your assessment. I don't. You know, I I I think he he's doing pretty well. Um, do you think that uh, there's been some talk about Yearby potentially leaving, um, which is kind of a crazy crazy idea? Um, I mean, I can't even begin to doesn't see even that get happen. drafted, but uh, but with him. Basically, no. The only listen. Here, here's the bottom line, and, and 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 while we were talking, I I I, I was texting with with uh, an NFL front office person that I trust quite a bit, and um, the the only guy that's got even a decision to make, in my opinion, is Najoku, and and I think he'd be making a mistake to go out. Um, you know, r- right now he's probably he's he, I mean, he's Miami's best NFL prospect right now, um, probably would get drafted maybe in the second round if he goes out this year. But the prevailing opinion on him is he has a ton of upside. And if he comes back next year and has a good year, he's going to be a first-round pick. And that you're talking millions and millions of dollars difference. And I think if he gets good advice, he'll come back too. I agree. I mean, the fact that he hasn't – you know, one thing we haven't seen from him that we that we saw, and a, a lot of what we saw, we saw it a lot from Clive Walford and we haven't seen so much from Njoku is you know yeah they haven't been going deep to him they haven't been throwing the ball over the middle to him much where I think is he's probably going to be you know at his most effective 
you know, despite that, you, you look at statistically, he's the best tight end in the country. Um, I would cut a deal if if I were if I were advising him or I was his parent or whatever, I would sit down with Mark Richt and and and, and I would I would say let's make a deal. I will stay and play next year, but you need to build more for me into the offense. You know, I want to be a big part of the offense next year. Stacy Coley's leaving. Um, there, there's no reason this offense next year shouldn't be built around the Joku and Amon Richards in terms of the passing game. And, and and I would get Mark Rick to commit to that. And you know, and I'd go and I'd make myself a first round draft pick next year. I mean, that that that's what I would do if I were advising him or were his parent. I think that's a great idea as long as uh, as part of that deal, Rick. Rick tells him he's going to spend two hours on the jug machine every single day between now and the start yeah, of the season. Yeah, that's so another place where you can improve. Balls. Very good point, Skibby. That's a great point. <laughs> His hands do – they need work. He he drops a lot of balls. And, and you know, the, the funny thing, thing is we've seen all it the in games catches. this year. Well, I mean, we've all seen it in games this year. But, you know, Matt Shodell and I talk about this all the time. We saw it a lot on the practice field too. I mean, he drops a lot of balls and – and you're absolutely right. He needs to spend the off season on the jugs machine and doing a lot of work on improving his pass catching. Um, very similar, like I don't know if you remember, but Leonard Hankerson was like that um, at yeah. this stage of his career, and and had to put in a lot of that work, and and he did, and he came back the next year. I remember he was working out with Mark Duper a lot, and they were pitching him tennis balls yeah. and things like that. Well, he came back, and his hands were much improved. And uh, yes, that's one area in the joke who could definitely get better, but. They need to expand the offense. He's got to become more than just a bubble screen receiver. I mean, they got to start getting the ball to him down the field, allow him to show off some of his different skills. If they do that and he stays with the program, he could be a first-round pick in 2018. Yep, I agree. And, you know, he makes all – he makes, he seems to make all the hard catches. He seems to – he seems to drop all the easy catches, um, you know, which – Clearly, it seems like it's a concentration issue to me more so than, you know, just a, a catching ability issue. But, um, yeah, I agree. I I hope he comes back. Um, I, I got a feeling – I got a feeling that money's going to – going to be too much for him though. Well, but. It, no, but you can't be, you know, these kids, they got to be careful. Like you can't be short-sighted. You can't say, "Oh, I I want money and go get yourself drafted in in the middle of the second round if you stay for 12 months and you're going to be a first-round pick. You're talking about millions and millions and millions of dollars difference. You you, you can't, you know, you got to be careful. Yep. Well, we'll see what happens. Um but either way, um, you know, one person we haven't seen a lot of this year that that I was actually thinking was was, you know, going to put up similar numbers to to Njoku was Herndon. So you know, if we lose Njoku, then then we've got Herndon, who I think is extremely talented, extremely physical. Um, so yeah, I think we'll be all right either way. But of course, would love to see Njoku stick around. And obviously yeah. that 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 would help in solidifying his uh, his brother, who I've I've heard Tennessee is probably our uh, our biggest competitor there, mm-hmm. which I don't know. We'll see because Butch Jones is just Al Golden 2.0. But anywho, so go ahead. Put All right, man. Hold. You got anything else? Nope, that's it. All right, hey, thanks for calling in. We we missed you. Call in again. Yeah. All right, man. Bye bye. All right, we're winding down. We're in the final. 25 minutes of show here. Let's go out to the 318. You're live on Kane Sport Live. 
Hey, what's going on, Gary? This is Port City. Hey, what's up, Port City? How you doing this week? You with us? Where'd you we go? Well, oh, there you are. Hey, you on a, if you're on a cell, you're jumping in and out on us. I'll give you one more shot, okay, but you may have to call back. Go ahead. Okay, then. Okay. Well, uh, no, we can hear I, you. Go I ahead. See you again. I can okay, hear you. I don't go ahead. See you again. Okay, then. I don't want to see you for Christmas, so we need to go ahead on and win this game, so we won't oh, be uh, yeah, back yeah. down here. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We we do not want to see as as much as you love it. We do not want to see the Canes in Shreveport. I agree. No, no. Well, then I just want to say uh, I enjoyed the game Saturday. Uh, the team did a great and wonderful job uh, in the game, and it was one of uh, our more gratifying wins, at least in the last five years, because it was a tough win where we had to have intestinal fortitude and consistency to continue uh, with the game plan and the process and get all the way through it. You know, and this is one of our, our toughest moments. I mean, where the team showed more toughness in the last five years in games like that, we really wilted. Because if a team came out in that first half and kind of roughed us up a little bit, you know, we kind of fold a little bit. But they hung in there and hung tough. And that's, uh, that's uh, great. It was a great moment for us this season. Just want to say a couple of things. Uh, when you look at the recruiting class, you know, we obviously know that offensive line is going to be a premium for us. DBs are going to be a premium for us. But another thing that's lost, uh want to compliment Amon Richard and just being a stud. You know, he's a stud at receiver. But we're going to have to find a compliment for him on the other side. I don't want him to see his sophomore year where he's doubled up and tripled up and roughed up. But we got to get another threat on that other side. And, I mean, to be, out, be, fair, be fair to Lawrence Cager, your first year after having a major knee injury, you're not back to your true form. It's really a two-year rehab. So he may be able to come in and give us a couple of plays, but he won't be – We look, you look for him that following year to be the Lawrence Cager, Lawrence Cager. Well, and not but you know what? The, you know what? We'll have to see how that works out because remember now, he got hurt way early enough in the cycle. I mean, he's been out running and working out already – and is way ahead of the game if you're talking about getting ready for next season. So, you know, may, maybe he can get it all back. And he's a big receiver. He's not, you know, he's not a speed burner type of receiver that you're worried about, you know, oh, he used to run 4-4, now he can only run 4-5-5. You know, I don't think that's really the deal. So, you know, we'll we'll see. You never know on Cager. Mm-hmm. Well, then we're – but, I mean, we need to find a compliment for him, uh, you know, some, some guy that's going to come in – and impact us. Uh, just want to say something about Njoku. I hope he stays back, stays, but I think it's been unfortunate for us this year because of the problems. I think that the real problem with him haven't been him. You know, he, he drops balls. Yeah, he does drop balls, but I think the biggest thing that has arrested the development of the tight ends is that they've had to supplement the offensive line. So, And because the offensive line can't really handle one-on-one blocks, and they've had to him, – him and Herndon, they've been stuck in blocking rather than going out there being their receiving threat. Because when you look at it, I mean, if, if our offensive line was as functional as we needed them to be, it would be almost impossible to stop us in the red zone because he, he would occupy a lot more attention than what he's, he's been occupying because you can't hold your blocks and stuff like that. 
it's great to see the development of our offensive line as it comes. But when you when you go back and look at the offensive line, it is no fan here wouldn't trade Pittsburgh offensive line for ours. Nobody wouldn't. And I'd be wondering how do programs like Pittsburgh and I mean they are perennial. Every year they have a solid offensive line. And when you look at us, we go through a cycle where we don't have a great offensive line. But the main thing when you look at the offensive line, you don't have no nasty guys. Like you look for dogs on defense. You got to have some nasty guys up front that are going to open some holes and be nasty. And we don't have those punchers. Yeah, go ahead. Miami's done a horrible job recruiting at that position, as bad as it gets. Mm -hmm. I mean, they just have. Wouldn't you agree? They, you know, the old, the, the former staff, and and you know, and Coach Kehoe, and you know, they they did not do a good job of recruiting at the offensive line position. When they came but to when, Miami, they, they they were left with an NFL offensive line. If you remember, you had Chantrell Henderson, you had Feliciano, yeah. you had Lin, you had Linder, you had um, uh, Shane McDermott. You, um, mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm leaving a, a guy or two out, but they they had an um, they had an NFL offensive line. When they arrived and took the job, and they barely left you with a major college offensive line. If you go top to bottom on the position, you know you're talking about a team with seven offensive linemen to start the year that you feel yep. comfortable and putting it. into a ball, into a ball game, and that's it at a position where you're supposed to have 15 guys that can play. I mean, uh, that's not good, man. And and the seven that you're playing, uh, half of them don't really belong out there as starters. Yep. But, you know, wouldn't you agree that that offensive line, that we're really looking for nastiness, we need some nasty guys up there, that we don't have the nasty guys like that you – and that's something that offensive linemen have to be. They have to be nasty. And we don't have a a road grader. We don't have anybody that's nasty. You know, and I think that – I hope that in this class, I I just want to see us – whoever we get – I. No, we're whole crossing our fingers on Donaldson and some of the rest of them. But we need to get competent players. I mean, and that's what is really missing. I mean, you don't even have uh, of those guys on the bench. You normally have a guy that's struggling in one phase of it. He's a great run blocker. He struggles uh, in uh, pass blocking. But you got people that's not functional or viable in either phase of those operations. And we're going to need to get some guys in there. I'm interested to see how the wide receiver recruiting will go. I'm interested to see how the defensive back recruiting will go. And, uh, you know, and then also, you know, we need to get some guys that come in early because that will give us a chance to get more people because they will count on last year's class rather than counting on this year's class. So, and, and also when you get the guys, and that's the reason why it's, it's even more value on Navon Donaldson because he is an early entry, and that if, because he's in an early entry, he's going to make an impact on next year. And I hope he does stick. I mean, we need those kind of guys. And just like you were saying about, about those guys, most of the guys that was on that line, they were South Florida kids, you know, except for Chantrell Henderson. The rest of the guys yep. were South Florida kids. They were South Florida yep. kids. But if we can do that, and like I say, if we get more competent on the offensive line, then next year I think the Njoku will make a bigger impact, especially in the red zone, him and Herndon, because they were so tied to pass protection rather than going out there and being pass receivers. 
again, I mean, I can't say enough about Armand Richards. Just a stud, but we're going to have to find a compliment to him at, at the wide receiver position so that he doesn't get doubled down and the rest of it. And, you know, it, it, and, and you and that's so important. It's so important that we improve our secondary, improve our offensive line, and improve our wide receiver depth and the impact. And, like, like we love to see Kaya come back because if you give Kaya back, then, again, we'll get to that year where we'll get to Nicole Perry. But, uh, you know, just like I say, get some competent players, no matter which players we get, and that, you know, we get some diamonds in the roof, you know, like we have been normally getting. But you can put me on hold, and uh, I, I just I, – I know we're going to beat Duke, you know, but we got to come out there with it on our mind, and we can't be like Florida, like North Carolina will score 14 and think it's over because we got to, you know, play the whole game through. Because they came back and you know outscored them twenty eight to thirteen and won the game. But yep. put me yeah, on these hold. are these are high character kids that are going to battle from start to finish the entire game. And you better show up ready to play, and you better show up ready to be physical and and and, and battle with them. All right, man. Okay, hey, thank you for being uh, part of the show. We'll talk to you next time. Uh, let's go to nine five one. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's going on, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? It's Terrell from Kingsville. I'm calling from um, Tampa, Florida. Hey, what's up, Terrell? What you got for us? I just call, I was calling. You know, I was the one that was talking to you about Amon Richardson um, last week. I, um, so I, I was just trying to see what you still thought. You still think he, he's not a five star? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I, I mean, you've got to understand something. I mean, there's only like 25 kids a year in the entire country at every position that are given five uh-huh. stars. Okay, I mean, a five-star ranking for a kid coming out of high school—that's the elite of the elite. Okay, and they're just—they're right. not—and—and—and and, and the reason that so few kids get a five-star is to keep it a special ranking. Now, obviously, if you—if you—if you said before the year started that a kid was going to break Michael Irvin's freshman receiving record and average <laughs> twenty yards a reception. Uh, and you know that when he's in high school playing for Palm Beach Gardens High, which is not mm-hmm. exactly the mecca of high school football. I mean, yeah, you would you would probably consider him to be to be a five star. But look, I mean, I can't argue right. with what he was ranked coming out of high school. The kid's done a great job. Um, I wow. actually had the privilege of going to his signing uh, on signing day, and I went up there, and and I and I it was the first time I really had a chance to talk to him face to face and get to know him a little bit and, and his family and, and and let me tell you something the reason this kid is as great as he has been this year is not just because he's got a five star physical ability or anything like that this kid's character is off the charts okay i mean he's humble he's got a great okay. parents um i mean everything you could possibly want in a kid coming into a program this kid has okay i mean he just i i can't begin to tell you how impressive he was just watching i mean what you had to see that really made an impression on me um Mm -hmm. was how he how his classmates interacted with him um that day and you could just i mean i'm just telling you i've been doing this a long time you could just see it all man you could see that this kid had everything and and that's why he's turned out to be so great because he had the work ethic and he he was humble and he just 
came in, and from the day he walked on that campus, he got he got to work, and he made himself this kind of player. And give him okay. all the damn credit in the world. This, I mean, and 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 just hope that the Miami Hurricanes can find a lot more kids like this kid. Okay. And I, no, I, 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 I was just calling. Yeah, I was just I calling him. I just wanted to mess with you this week because no, you man, know, I'm like telling we you, we were talking about we were talking about the five star thing, and I was like, how, how many you freshmen know, I, the I receivers the are out there in the, in, 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 that this, huh? that this kid was? I I recognized that the first minute I met this kid that he was a special kid. You could just tell. You know, I knew he had great athletic ability, but. Great mm. athletic ability. A lot of kids have great athletic ability. Uh, you know, to me, the, 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 when I saw the character of this kid and just the type mm. of family and how his parents were and the, everybody, I'm just mm. telling you, I, I, I'm not surprised at all that this kid has turned into a total stud. But the okay. five-star I thing, just... you just got to understand, that goes to very few kids. Um, I'd have to look back. I bet you there weren't more than three or four receivers last year that got five-star tags. And, you know, he okay. was under the and radar. And all them in the reception yards. I, I understand. Wanna, but a lot of that, you know, you're, but you're assuming that those five-star kids, if they came into Miami and were fed the ball the way Amon Richards has been fed the ball this year, that they couldn't have the same stats. I mean, that's a bad assumption to make. Um, I, I thought I the, ranking, it, the ranking he got was fair. Okay, I, I think if 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 Miami was had a better record, he would be a lot more hyped up. That's nah, my opinion. No, no. You got to look where yeah. he came from. He came from Palm Beach Gardens High. That's not a school that a lot of people pay attention to. Uh, yeah, but he he made those kids he was playing against look very. Yeah, I, um, I, I I know. I understand. You're, you're, you got to realize you're playing it's, it's the kind of like watching DJ DJ Dallas play right now. He's like people want to say, oh, okay, he goes to a prep school, but hey. He make it look like what it's supposed to look like. They're not no competition. Like he's way above their head. Like so, it's kind of. Yeah, you want to know why DJ Dallas is under the radar? Here's why DJ Dallas uh-huh. is under the radar. You know, he plays at that remote at a remote school. He went to no mm-hmm. camps. He didn't go to any camps. People haven't seen him. He was in the passing league, wasn't he? Yeah, but yeah, but like I know what, he for Cam what I'm Newton saying is, people like, that do the rankings have not seen him face to face. You know, all they've seen is the film. So they'll make him a four star, okay. but they're not going to make him a five star when they haven't seen him competing against other five star kids, and they're able to see. Like when we when we have these rivals camps in the su- like in the summertime and stuff, we take the kids that are the elite kids and we match them up against other elite kids. So. You, you really get to get a feel for how good a kid really is. Okay. It's not, it's not a perfect system. Yeah. You know, and, and okay. as, as you know, there's three-star kids and two-star kids that become great players. It's not a, it's not a perfect yeah. system. But I'll tell you what. If you okay, go well, back through the signing class, you, if you go back, and I think I did this with you last week. You go back through the signing class and you look at the star rankings, they were pretty spot on for all these kids. Yeah, so it, I, I mean, it, you guys are pretty. I, I think it's a lot of guys that you know that I think, in my personal opinion, that deserve five stars, but don't get them. But you know, like yeah, but you know Thompson, what? Why he doesn't have five you start, stars? You start handing out five stars like they're like they're candy, and it means nothing anymore, right? But what, but I mean, like guys is obviously five stars. Like what's this, the guy from Cincinnati? No, what's obviously, I mean, obviously, obviously a five star? A five star. You're, you're so wrong on this. If if you start giving out Five star rankings like they're like they're pieces of candy. They, they don't mm-hmm. mean anything anymore. 
That's the elite but, of I, mean, the... I, I get that, but that's, that's not what I'm arguing. But I'm saying a kid like the central offensive lineman, if he's not a five-star, what is? Like, I, I don't get it. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying all the... You'd have to go and see. You'd have to... You'd have to come to one of these one of these national camps and watch these kids, and and to understand. I don't I don't want to because because I, I listen to your show like almost every week, so I'm not going to call out the company I work for because I don't know how your relationship is with with us. But I, I do go to a lot of passing like like leagues and stuff, so I see a lot of these kids. That's why I see them. That that's where I see them. So I I, I do a lot of videos and stuff like that on, for a company that you know you probably heard of, but. I don't want to say it on your show because I'm That's a fan fine. of your show. <laughs> so I'm not going to, I'm not going to pull my, you, you what I'm so I see a lot of these kids, like, like I was saying, I saw what's the, the receiver from that goat went to um, Alabama before, you know, he went to Alabama, you know, I, I saw him play oh, and I was just, why I was saying he's fast. And he's just a nine right route running to me. He's just real fast. Calvin you know how to get over. Yeah. Calvin Calvin Ridley and yeah. His brother. yeah. Okay. Now yeah. I could tell you that if you took Calvin Ridley, when he was coming out of high school and mm-hmm. put him to Amon Richards when he was coming out of high school, you would have made Calvin Ridley the five star and Amon Richards the four star. Okay, I'm just telling you objectively. Right? I just got done telling you how I feel about Amon Richards. Okay. And I still even now, having them both gone through their freshman years and mm-hmm. I guess Ridley the sophomore year, I would still make Ridley the five star and Amon Richards the four star. So why why the receiver the other receiver that had a five star then? Um who? The one that's going to Alabama this year from the other guy. The, um, the Jerry Judy? Well Jerry Judy's yeah. a better prospect too than, than Amon Richards. Yeah, but he's still not a five star though. I don't understand that one either, but I mean that's just my opinion. Like you said, you guys, I guess, got a science that goes into it, with, you know, size and speed and all that stuff. So, but just my opinion. Like I, I don't know, but I, I, I think Amon Richards is a five star. Just like I thought, I feel like other few, a few other players are five stars that you know that wasn't. I didn't, not even that went to Miami, just from around the nation that I thought could have been five stars that wasn't. So. But that was all I wanted to say. I just I, wanted to, you know. the, the, the five-star receivers for this year, I'm looking at the list right now. They have Trayvon Grimes at, from St. Thomas. Now, me personally, to my eye, I think Jerry Judy is better than Trayvon Grimes. You know, so I, it, I, mean, it, I mean, it's subjective. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's, there's a kid, uh, Peoples-Jones, out of Detroit, who they gave mm-hmm. a five-star to. Um, I watched him a little bit. I don't really have a ton of opinion on him. There's a kid out of L.A., Joseph Lewis, who they gave mm-hmm. a, a five-star ranking to. Um, and there's a kid out of Alabama by the name of Nico Collins that they gave a five-star ranking mm-hmm. to. And Jerry Judy does have mm-hmm. a five-star now. He's a five-star oh, now. he does. Also. Okay. Yeah. And and that's it, man. Okay. That's it. That's it. You're talking about four or five kids in the entire United States have a five-star ranking this year. So, you mm-hmm. know, you, if you start giving them out, like their candy, like I said, they lose their mm-hmm. significance. You know, there's yeah. there's 28 kids at every position in football that have a five star ranking right now. Right, right. It's, it's meant to yeah. be the elite of the elite, guys that you project are going to be first round draft picks when they're done with college. Okay, that's the that's the purpose of a five star. Well, well, the way it's looking right now, he will be. My mom will be. So. <laughs> 
Ahmad is doing great. He's doing great. No. But, you know, there's, there's I'm not no saying he's going to be a two years from now, he, but he, right now he's on that path to be a first round. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Nah, you got to see. We'll see. Don't, don't, yeah. don't, get, don't get ahead of yourself. We'll see. Oh, no. That's what I say. I don't know where he's going to be in two years, but right now, if he keeps on the same path, he will be. Because I yeah. can only see well, him we'll getting better and better. And he get a better supporting cast around him, some more Miami caliber players that we're used to seeing play for Miami. It just got a limit for that kid. Listen, so, he's got a ton of upside. He he hasn't even begun to develop physically. He's got to get in the weight room, get stronger. He'll develop as an exactly. athlete. The Amon Richards you see two years from now will be a far superior player than the Amon Richards today. Yeah. All right, man. Maybe it's my little bit, a bitterness that I have towards the dudes that went to Alabama too. So, <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right, man. We'll talk Bye. talk to you next time. Bye. Let's go to the uh, three one three. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Whoops, sorry. Uh, now I got you. You're live on Kane Sport Live three one three. How you doing tonight? Doing great. How are you? Doing good. Who's this? Hi, this is Dorian, new caller. Hey, what's up, Dorian? Hey, welcome to the show. What you got? Appreciate it. Just real quick, if you had to predict our last, uh, our final six to seven uh, recruits that we'll sign this year, who would you uh, predict? That's, that's can't what you can't know do it. Today. Can't can't do it because here's why: there's going to be a dozen kids on the board in two weeks that aren't on the board right now. I guarantee you. So, um, you know, you got to re- remember, coaches now have senior tape that they can look at. Um, a lot of kids who were decent players as juniors become great players as seniors. Um, so now you have a whole season of tape. The coaches are going to go out recruiting after the Duke game. They're going to go to all their territories. They're going to be, you know, that they all have contacts in the different places they recruit. They're going to be told that this kid has has jumped up this year. They're going to watch film. Wow, this kid can really play. He's going to get an offer. You know, you're going to see a lot of movement in the next couple of weeks. So I can't predict right now who's going to finish out the class. I mean, I think there's some kids in the class that might drop off. Um, it looks like Dingle, like for example, that Miami's kind of uh, backing off on him a little bit. We'll see what happens there. Um, but, you know, so I can't really make that prediction right now. I, here's what I can tell you. I mean, based on who they've been recruiting, guys that look like they have a shot, decent shot at, I would say at running back, and it, you know, they have a shot at Anthony McFarland, but I, you know, I think that's, you know, not a done deal um, at, at this point. At, at the receiver position, obviously they have a decent shot at Harley. I think I think they have a really good shot at Holloman. Um, at at um, tight end, I don't know what's up with Trey McKitty. Um, I can't really give you any opinion on Trey McKitty yet. Um, o line. Uh, guys that they're recruiting that, you know, I, I think they got a chance with the Heritage kids, uh, Herbert and Slayton. Um, you know, we'll see what happens there. Uh, they're starting to expand the pool um, on the D-line a little bit, but I don't think there's anything imminent there. I'd say, you know, maybe Jordan Wright from Fort Lauderdale Dillard. Um, linebackers, uh, I don't think there's anything imminent there right now. Uh, that, that I can make a, a solid prediction on. Uh, corners, obviously, there's kids like Antoine Collier. If they give him an offer, I, I think he'll be in the class, but I don't think they're rushing there because I, 
I think there's going to be DBs that fall into the category of what I was just talking about. You know, kids that had great senior years that the coaches get in on here um, at, at the last minute. Predicting right now in November who's going to round out the class in two months, can't do it. All right, thanks. All right, man. Hey, thank you for being part of the show. Give us a call again down the road. All right, last call of the night. Let's go out to the 973. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, Gary, it's, it's me. Gary. I just need, can you just tell me your um, email? I got to tell you something, and I never really had your email. I don't want to even talk. I just want you, can you say it twice just in case I miss it first? Yeah, time? it's uh, Kane Give me Sport. Give email, please. It's Kane, Kane. Sport. C- yes, C A N E S P O R T at bellsouth.net. B E L L S O U T H dot net. B E L L. Say it one time. S O U T H dot net. All right, okay. you got it. Kane Sport. Yeah, I need. Okay, I need right, to email ahead. you something. All right, go ahead and tell do you it. something. I'll look. What's going on? All right, okay. All right, I'll look All for right. it, man. What, thanks, thanks, thanks a lot, right. and then we'll right. yeah, then we'll, then we'll talk to you next week. All right, guys, All I want right. to thank everybody who participated in the show tonight. Uh, great show, great calls. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I do. Um, just to give you a quick reminder on the deals that are available to you, you, you got Harry's.com. Um, that I told you about earlier in the show. They've got that that new special um, gift set, limited edition holiday shaving set. Um, for if you need a nice unique gift for somebody in your office or you know a friend or whatever, um, great deal. You use the code name C A N E S at checkout when you order the holiday sh- shave set, and you'll get five dollars off the regular um, twenty nine. 99 I, I, th- I think it was price. Yep. Um, okay, and then um, mybookie.ag, you know, from experience this year, they'll match your initial deposit with a 100% bonus. Um, use the code name Canes, C-A-N-E-S, at mybookie.ag as well. And then the one I like a lot, because I like the is Omaha Steaks with all that great, stuff, the filet mignons and the chicken breasts and the bur- the burgers and the sausages and the, the Italian meatballs that I had for dinner tonight. Um, pretty cool. Could make a nice holiday gift for you. Um, for forty nine ninety nine, you get a whole lineup of stuff um, that that they've got put, put together for their family gift pack. Um, 77% off if you go on there. And you use the code, the Kane Sport Live code, CSL. That's omahasteaks.com. And, and that's a nice holiday gift idea for you as well. Um, we'll be back next Tuesday. The Canes obviously play Duke on Saturday at Hard Rock Stadium. Season finale. Uh, big game. We've been talking about it all night. There's a big difference between going 8-4 and four and 7-5. and five. So hopefully the Canes take care of business for everybody on Saturday and uh We have a lot of good stuff to talk about when we get back together next Tuesday. So I want to thank everybody again for being part of Kane Sport Live tonight, and we'll see you next week.